all day, all day. You good? No, you. All right. All right. Back to another episode of Even More About Nothing. We thank you for joining us. I'm Rafiki, one of your hosts. Across the table from me. Oh, I guess it's me. I guess I am across. Oh, man, so it's, it's late. It's not that late. I've like, had a cold for the last three days. It's It's been a rough week. I am the secondary host, primary host, co-host, whatever sort of host slash enter term here I qualify as. That's me, Caleb. Go by the name Mookie. Uh, I'm just going to stop introducing my name is Caleb. Just Mookie, nice to meet you. Uh, this episode, got a special guest. Extra special guest. Extra special with the E on top. Yep. <laughs> Man, John. Day one fan. Always been down since day one. Yeah. Definitely giving us that traffic that we need for the for the podcast. And uh, we're, we're definitely glad to have him on the podcast, finally. This man... Is intellectual in ways that I wish I was. So we'll allow him to introduce himself. John? Uh, I'm John. So, you know, <laughs> I've gone by other names, but that's the one we'll use today most of the time. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I know, like they said, I've been following this from the beginning because I'm a nerd and this is a nerd show. So it seemed like a, a no-brainer. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, before we dive in and get deep, so like, so far, um, I mean, I wouldn't say we've done anything significant, but so far, what have been your favorite bits that you've heard, and then the bits you were just like, what were they thinking? From a fan, from 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 an outside perspective, because we're always here. Yeah, right. Even when we listen to it, we're oh, just, we yeah. still feel like yeah. we're in the recording room, so we don't have that outside perspective. No, so yeah, that what, makes uh, sense. What, 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 are your, um, what have been your favorite bits, and what have been the bits you were just like? I could have done without that. I feel like I don't know if there's been anything where I could I would say I could have done without that. I mean, last episode was a little weird, but that was just everybody was super tired. Yeah. So I kind of took that as like the the weird episode. Um, I think every every show has to have one like mandatory. There's always that. Weird. Yeah, and I mean, you know, it, it, not in a bad. It was a little shorter, and you know. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess maybe that would be the closest. There was a couple kind of maybe awkward points in it, but um, yeah, I mean, Gibby, overall, Gibby had no hold bars. <laughs> Young um, boy Ace was his guard. I mean, like, there's maybe time, you know, there's maybe segments where you guys talk about stuff that's not in my sphere of interest, but that's not a so much a. What are they thinking? As we're not all clones of each other. Yeah. Like when you guys talk about shoes, I'm like. I wear shoes. <laughs> I wear shoes. <laughs> shoes go on feet. I wear shoes. I have those. I shouldn't have holes. Um, and that's about as far as I go. Like, I mean, I'm. I fully acknowledge that I am not. Uh, I, I'm not really a fashion guy in general. Um, I feel lucky to make sure I have pants and shirts that don't clash. Um, you know, and I know which part of the body those two go on. So that's <laughs> that is important information. You aren't completely hopeless. But uh, no, yeah. Uh, Favorite stuff, like, I liked when you guys were all talking about, like, your top five uh, favorite heroes. I feel like that's always kind of a... Okay. I, I'm enough of a comic nerd, I feel like that reveals a little bit about somebody. Um, I thought it revealed something about myself that my first thought was, well, I could just fill that list with Batman and not have it even be the same guy. <laughs> uh, but then I did think up a list that wasn't just Batman. So if we, you want to get to that in a minute, I can. But we can always do uh, that. that was a good that was a good segment. Um I actually kind of enjoy hearing thoughts, you know, about video games. Like, even if it's not one, I'm like, oh, I'm going to play that. Because I, I just kind of like hearing thoughts 
on that, you know, video games, comic books, all that stuff, you know. Uh, I like kind of having the finger on the pulse of comics, even if I don't buy them myself. Um, yeah. You know, so that's always fun. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like it's hard to pin down a specific segment other than maybe, again, like the top five favorite superheroes. That that was a fun little bit. I thought that was a good so. one, yeah. We should probably, you know, every so often try to do that because I do like those top fives and then trying to argue those lists and really try to see if we can nail down from our perspective what, you know, that best, what should make up the best of that list. So, and I feel like top good. five is good because it makes you choose, but you have a little more flexibility than a top, like your top or like even a top three. I yeah, feel like top five is a good sweet spot. Top ten isn't bad if you're writing it down, but if you're sitting around talking about it, especially with multiple people, five is good. It's a good yeah. – five is a good number. I like five. It multiplies well. Yeah. Um, like IGN right now is doing the top 100 video games of all time, and I'm just like, I hate this list. Everything about this list is wrong. And then I get to the top 20, I'm like, all right, okay. And then I get to the top five, I'm like, I'm going to burn this building to the ground. What are you people thinking? Um, no. Uh, yeah. Uh, speaking of that, if we're going to – since we've already no. segued into it, but the top 100 games of all time would be insane if us three people to go and be here for two years. Oh, but um, since you like five so much, top five video games. Um, I kind of want to do two lists all time and then just like your favorites. But like, let's just stick, let's stick with one. Which one would you rather do? Like in your opinion, what's the difference between saying top five of all time and just your top five favorites? Uh, there's sometimes like some games like you might not like, but you acknowledge as being okay, okay. This is one of the greatest games of all time. Uh, okay, games. so I think that's gonna be a that's 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 gonna be a little tougher because then you're gonna have you're gonna need a little more game knowledge. In oh, so in that aspects. case, so why don't we just, just do, do your our favorite top five top, top five video played? Well, since you're the guest, <laughs> we'll, we'll let you start first. Oh, okay. Top my top five video games of I guess my all time. Um. These these are not going to be in a definitive ranked order. They're going to be in the order that I think them up, since I didn't think about this ahead of time. Um, I'm going to cheat a little bit, and in the first option I will pick will be the Batman Arkham games, because I feel... Tech, I mean, that could almost be a top five list in and of itself, but on a more serious note, I feel like they've been connected well enough, it's kind of almost one entire game. I mean... Each yeah. one has built on the last, both story-wise and mechanic-wise. Um, I've played all four of them. I own three of the four. Um, I, well, I guess there's technically there's the mobile game version. I haven't played that, but I've watched some of the like well, the yeah, plot well, stuff. But that's also kind of... Yeah, there's plot stuff. And I'll, I'll just branch off and go back. Technically... Um, WB only considers a trilogy. Like Origins yeah. does not qualify. They have they have they have not acknowledged that game at all. But Arkham Knight itself, the game, the game does. acknowledges it. You straight up you have items in the game that talk about it. You have references to it. So yeah, it's totally. I consider it part of the part of the series, and so does uh, Rocksteady. So I, as far as I'm concerned. That's the important part. But so that, I feel like that one, I feel like it's really, it's set at least some bars for kind of those, I guess that would be what, an action-adventure RPG. Um, so that's one. Um, going old school with the next one, Goldeneye. Shots you know, I mean, story-wise, it's a redo of the Goldeneye movie, but, like, that is one of those games where 
if you if you liked it, you know, if you if you hated playing it, then it would never redeem itself. But if you liked playing it, whether solo or in a group, oh man, that was just hours and hours of fun, you know. I mean, I have fond memories of being in college and just all hours of the night sitting around playing multiplayer on that. And, of course, always yelling, no odd job, no odd job. Um, and, you know, it'd be like, do we do Man with the Golden Gun? Or, you know, we do, uh, I can't even remember the name of the mode, but the one shot and you're dead mode. Golden Gun. Go- well, there's Golden Gun. There was a mode. Like, there's the gun, the Golden Gun, that would always kill you in sh- one shot. But there was a game mode where if you got hit, it was like one or two shots. Maybe it was you only live twice. I don't remember. It's been long enough since I've played it because it's only in 64. Um, but no, yeah, that, that that's less of, oh, expansive story or groundbreaking mechanics or anything like that. It's just, I mean, it, it was it was a solid FPS. You yeah. know, it. I think it maybe laid the groundwork for the idea that FPS, an FPS multiplayer could really be a party experience, which has kind of died off at this point because a lot of co-ops anymore or whatnot is more like split screen. It's like two people instead of like four. Halo kind of carried that on, I would say. Oh, yeah, Um, yeah, they did. But yeah, no, Goldeneye, that's just like memories and fun. And I mean, it's like, you know, I could probably be halfway decent at it after five minutes of playing again. I would have to sit down and re-familiarize myself with the controls, but... Uh, Still, it was it was always a great play, though. Oh, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was always fun. I mean, you could make or break friendships on that game mm-hmm. for the night, but, yeah. you know, I mean, it was... Oh, it was just... It was a blast, and there's fond memories there. And it was fun playing through the single player. It had some fun stuff. Um, I mean, granted... I used the, I think, Game Shark or whatever, and so I would give myself, like, infinite ammo on every gun and stuff, and that was fun to just run on and blow everything up. But, uh... All right, so that's two... Um, oh, gosh. This is tough. Um, oh! Uh, since it's just video games and we didn't specify console games, I will say uh, Command & Conquer Red Alert 2. Oh, there's so many good things about that game. Oh, it's fantastic. If, wow, if, you, huh? if you like... Real-time strategy, that is like the big disclaimer, and I am an RTS, a big, big RTS fan. Um, If you like RTSs, it is a fantastic one. The original, I think the original flavor is a little better than its expansion, Yuri's Revenge, you know, because it was two factions, and it felt really well-balanced, and... You know, the gameplay was solid. You know, the, the campaigns eased you. You know, they it wasn't quite a tutorial, but it eased you in. You didn't have every option at the beginning, so you could learn and figure out how you like to play. And the, the, the story was just so cheesy, so cheesy. I mean, it had a lot of, like, B and C list actors. Like, the guy who plays Yuri is, it's, it, he's one of those, oh, it's that guy. He, creepy... European guy, you know, I'm sure he's a real, he's a nice guy in real life or whatever, but he's really good at just being a creepy European dude. Yeah, we're going to talk about the power of acting and how sometimes actors are so good, I hate them. Not only do I hate their character, I begin to hate the person. We're going to talk about that later. We're going to talk about that later. Okay, Um, another, since I'm already on the topic of RTSs, um, another great one would be Warcraft 3. And I was actually talking about this a little bit with some friends yesterday. Uh, Warcraft 3, because just tons of fun. Um, I mean, it was moddable, but really just the base game. Uh, great story. Just tons of fun. Always fun to play it, uh, you know, over land parties or whatnot. 
Um, I, I'm trying to think. I need to branch back off of RTSs. Gosh. It's no, a, I mean, if you want to play this with RTSs, that's Well, I'm trying to... I you, feel like I've played... Oh, gosh. I've played a, so many games. I mean, <laughs> not as many as you guys, and a lot of them are older. Not old school. Uh-huh. I mean, I've played on an Atari... So I've been there. I've played. I've played back when there was only one button, <laughs> one button, and you liked it. <laughs> and you liked it. That's why. Um, oh gosh, yeah, it's it's really tough for me because it's. I I'm very picky. With it. Oh, here we go. Uh, fifth game. It is an RTS. Warhammer Forty Thousand: Dawn of War, the okay. first one. I haven't played the second one. It looks interesting. But I think I would prefer the first one more. That's because I'm not actually, like, a competitive RTS player. Like, when I hear actions per second, I go cross-eyed. <laughs> I'm like, I like building lots of tanks. Tanks are fun and go boom. Um, or I like lots of men with guns. So I'm not, I'm not a competitive RTSer, but I just like playing RTSs. I like the... Uh, build, I, I'm a turtler, so if anyone is familiar with that term in games, or are you? Are, are you guys giving me the blank look of we know that? I know it, but um, I guess for the sake of the podcast, for the sake of the podcast, okay. The people who I'm new to podcasting, okay. <laughs> um, I think we all are. <laughs> but so turtler is basically you. You play very defensive. You. Um, I've always thought of as turtlers. You don't just. Keep your forces back. You build up a bunch of base defenses, as much as the game will allow you. And some games, like Dawn of War, you can't build like infinite turrets or whatever. You have a limit on how many turrets you can build. But uh, you try, you know, in that one, you have to try to use the terrain a little bit and put them in the choke points. But it's basically you build your defenses up. If you can build walls, you build walls. If you can't build walls, you build more guns, and then you build uh, a large army that's not necessarily the quickest and most agile. But will basically roll over anything and everything else, okay. even and can absorb losses. That's that's kind of my play style. I, I have friend. I have a couple of friends who are, or one friend in particular who's pretty good at playing like almost the exact opposite play style. But uh, yeah, no, that's I would say that's a that's a favorite there as well. And that one I've put. It's got I like its expansions. Although I haven't played the, the third third. Yeah, third expansion. Okay. If I played the other two. Okay. So you're at four? Or you that was five. It? That was five. So, so. Arkham. Okay. Uh, Arkham, GoldenEye, Red Alert 2, Warcraft 3, Dawn of War. All right. That's a pretty good list. Um, I'll go next because Mookie here will, will will take a lifetime. No, I know. I'm, I'm actually trying to like... Really like boiled on my list to get some variety in there because I, I've given you time. Yeah, and you're I, welcome. And, and, no, no, I like. I have the same problem with you. I can literally fill my list with all FPSs, all RPGs, and yeah. I know, right? And, and so it's. I'm trying to like pick like the creme de la creme. You know, the and I'm trying to now in my head. I'm actually trying to whittle it down to games that I've beaten. Because um, there's a lot of games that I love that I just never beat. Yeah. yeah. So there's, yeah. I'm now I'm trying to like, and I've like my, Sky, my, Well, I haven't beaten even my, like the, the the list of games that I've beaten is 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 cons- by some would be considered maniacal. Like it's it's long. It is a very long list of games, and it's just some that I'm just like if I if I go down this path, it's a problem. So I'm trying to will it down, man. So you you go ahead, get in there. 
Um, okay, so my number, my first one um, would be Kingdom Hearts. This will just the whole series will stick in one package um, because it's obviously a continuation and growing. Story hey, I did it with the Arkham so games. Yeah, you're you completely legit doing with Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, I've recently picked. I recently picked up the Nathan Drake um, collection. Um, I enjoyed it back then. I, I'm enjoying it now. I, I think it's a, a great playthrough, and I've had fun going back and really enjoying. It. You know, I feel like sometimes these days they don't make too many games that, for the most part, have a satisfying like one player playback, like a playthrough or. Um, a single-player storyline? Yeah, that you're willing to go back and just play through again. Like a new no. game plus like, so are you like talking about like new game plus or like just replayability factor? Replayability factor. Okay. Replayability and this isn't even factor. counting in, oh, you can make different decisions and it gives you a different story. You just, you enjoy the gameplay yes. and, story and story combined so much you can play it again yeah. multiple times. Multiple times. Okay. that. That I don't, I don't feel like I feel like I'm getting too old of it. Kingdom Hearts at the top of that list of, the, of, well, just that's something for another day. Which I've been saying we need to get this on another podcast. Kingdom Hearts stuff, we will. Kingdom Hearts Special Edition. <laughs> okay. Um, so, um, so Kingdom Hearts, Nathan Drake. Uh, we can also go back to the N64. Nathan Drake is Uncharted, right? Oh, the Uncharted okay. series, sorry. No, the that's Uncharted cool. Uncharted series, but they call it the Nathan Drake Collection. Right. That's what's been drilled in my head, so I just say Nathan Drake. Well, that's how it, I think it's been advertised the last few months, so that's cool. I just wanted to make sure I was clear and maybe everyone else out there was clear. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, even yeah, the, the messaging is, is yeah. The messaging, because like now the essentially Sony's kind of replaced the Last of Us bundle, which is kind of like the base model bundle. If you bought a PS4, it came with Last of Us. Mm-hmm. Now it just comes with the Nathan Drake collection. It's really a PS4 with the Nathan Drake collection. So I think it's a brilliant move on Sony's part. I'm that's gonna, a that's a that seems like a good value because that's what yeah yeah three, three games three games? three games three games three whole games and it's base it comes with the the base model so like three forty nine you get three games that is a fantastic bundle. And, like, I was reading something. Naughty Dog said 80% of PS4 owners never played. Based on, like, achievements and trophies. Okay. Before I get massacred, trophies. Based on trophy, like, allocation and, like, going into, like, the data streams and, like, 80% of PS4 owners never played um, any Uncharted game. Period. So, that speaks to one of two things. And I'm going to let you go back to your things. One, how many people switched over from the 360 generation to the PS4? And secondly... Like, how many people on the PS3 just played up, just straight up slept on a great series? I didn't have a PS3, but I was over here playing it so much that I felt like I owned one. Um, or at least I watched you play it enough yeah. to, have, to have a... a Especially a, the second one. Yeah, oh, a strong understanding of what was going on in the series. I didn't I didn't play the third one at all, but I watched you play the entire game, so I know exactly everything that happened. Now, playing it is different because I have this weird like you guys already know I collect comics, you know I collect shoes and I collect collectors videos. So in games, when there's a completion list, I'm just like, I'm gonna take nine years to beat this game and we can beat in ten hours because I have to check off those checklists. That's why I haven't beaten a lot of games, because I'm yeah. still going through that checklist. I'm at the point where like every when I'm playing these games now, it's going to be a checklist completion. 
because now I've played, I've pretty much played through it. I have, um, I played the second one the most because I just thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. So I know that game really, really, really well. So, but for the most part, it's going back now and like just doing my best to run through it, you know, get a, make sure I really understand it and then go back and then try to complete it a hundred percent, which will take me a while, but I will do it. By golly, I will do it. <laughs> By Jove, he'll do it. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, like with the Arkham games, they have like they track your completion percentage. Um, I haven't done a hundred percent on any of them because a lot of it relies on Riddler trophies. The Riddler mm. trophies, which have just gotten progressively I'm more so close to hundred percent on Arkham Knight, it's killing me. Arkham Knight, I think, is actually better about it. Like I, I got really frustrated in like Arkham Origins because there'd be these it's these puzzles and I'm just like I don't know maybe I'm terrible at video games or something but I just feel like there's they're frustrating for the sake of being artificially it's artificial difficulty in my mind it's not oh this is fun this is exciting it's I'm hopping from three green circles and I can't it's you're playing the floor is lava with like multi-million dollar equipment (laughs) I mean like, no, but seriously, like, if those Riddler things where it's like you have to hop from one green button, thing. green button, circle, platform, whatever you want to call it, to another, you're basically playing the floor as lava because you have to either just jump directly from one to the other or use your zip lines and your grapnel and stuff. You can't touch just the ground. You can't touch any pillars anywhere else. You have to only touch your zip line or the things. You are playing the floor as lava as Batman. As much as I love Batman, and I love playing Batman and being Batman, and these games have done the absolute best job of making me feel like I am Batman, and I have probably said, I'm Batman, more than once when playing them, uh, I just, I can't, I can't enjoy the Riddler challenges. And it frustrates me because I like to be a completionist, but I just, I do all of the other side missions because those are fun because I feel like I'm being a detective. These, I just feel like I'm a trained monkey. I'm like, I'm not Animal Man. I'm not, you know, the <laughs> monkey character from Dexter's Laboratory who's, I think it's just monkey or whatever. I'm Batman. Yeah. Yeah. I shouldn't have to do this. I should just be able to track the Riddler down, bust the door down, and break his nose or something. You know, I mean, okay, that's a little rough. But, you know, I mean, I, it just feels a little... After some of those challenges in Arkham Knight, I think breaking his nose would be... Oh, and, okay, yeah. so this is... Just, I'm sorry, Goddard, this is distracting more, but Arkham Knight, that game was sold to us on the, you're going to get to play in the Batmobile. And I have such mixed feelings on that. I, the design. I am in that camp. Yeah. The, di- camp. It's the design, mind blown. I, yeah. it, is my, it is my new favorite Batmobile design. It has superseded the Tumblr, only slightly. They're both in the same category of, it's a big black tank tank as the descriptor and yet it's 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 got i love that it's got the two modes that's cool i like the looks of the two modes they've done a great job of somehow making them look completely different despite it being literally the same vehicle that is not literally a transformer a car that becomes a robot or a car that becomes a helicopter that becomes a robot or some of the other crazy things we've seen from transformers um and I like the combat missions. I'm just not great at the driving. Like, I don't know if I'm just... I think I maybe would just be bad at driving games, but I... 
I have so much trouble with the stuff like chasing down the APC or chasing Firefly. It's just like yeah, I the it, something about the hand. I feel like the handling is I don't know too sensitive. It doesn't it doesn't have enough. I'm like it's it feels like it doesn't have enough grip on the road. And I'm like I'm literally driving something that's like the love child of an M1 Abrams, a Comanche helicopter, a Hummer, and like every supercar ever. <laughs> that has four giant wheels that are two wheels in one. And as soon as we apply any amount of acceleration to it, it just, it handles like, you know, a Honda Civic on a wet day. Mm. I That might be one of the best descriptions I've heard of that thing. Because I'm just like... <laughs> what, that, the, this mixed with this mixed with this? And then it handles like a, a Honda, Honda Civic. Civic on a wet day? Yeah, no, because like my thing is like... The way they talked about it is like everyone was like, "Oh man, Arkham City, we got to see the, we got to see the Batmobile, but we didn't get to drive." And it was like, "I want to drive the Batmobile." And then it was coming out, and like the first thing they showed, like the trailer, I think two years before the game came out, you're gonna get to use the Batmobile. Everybody loses their mind. It was like, "Now you get to use Batmobile. It is gonna be a tool in your utility belt." And everybody was like, "Cool, we're gonna get to use it." And like, um. We're gonna get to use it to you know get through hurt parts of the game. Oh this yeah, and that yeah. And that. Nope, that's not what the game is. That is that is a bat tank simulator. Twenty twenty fifteen. That is what that game is. It blows my mind at some of the fights they make you do in that tank. And it, it's impractical. It, it literally, literally doesn't fit any sort of canon. Um, especially, and I kind of don't want to spoil this, but this is the one. That give your spoiler warning. I'm, spoiler I'm, not, warning. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not even gonna get into spoilers, but there's a fight um, with Slade. Uh, screw it, whatever. You're yeah, supposed to fight Slade, and like I've been waiting to beat the brakes yes. off this man. Oh, oh my yeah, I haven't, I, I haven't reached that myself, but I like saw the video, and I'm like, what is that? I've, just been, I've been waiting to beat the dirt out of Slade since the first game. I'm just like, you have been a pain in my entire existence, and I'm just gonna beat the brakes off of you. I'm just like, put the bridges up. He's not getting anywhere. You're he like, has a tank. I almost broke my controller. He has a what? What? Don't take this away from me, WB. Well, Don't do this to me, Matt. Well, and it's like you got Arkham Origins where you're like, you know, it's, yes, it's the third game produced, but chronologically, it's the first game, and you got to beat the tar out of him. It was it was a somewhat repetitive fight, but you beat the tar out of him with your own two ha bat hands. You 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 taught that man whose city this was. It was not. It's not his city. It's your city. You are Batman. This is your city. So it's like, and I'm a little different in that. Okay, he has a tank. Slade does seem like the type who would totally bring a tank to a, to a fist fight. You know, let's be fair here. Yeah. Slade Wilson would totally bring a tank to a fight. My problem isn't that he has a tank. It's that that's all you, you do. do. Thank that, you. Yes, that's, that's the entire that's problem. The problem. It's, a, if it that, been like, it's a huge it problem. Been like a phase thing. It's like okay, damage this tank. Okay, now it turns to a chase. Okay, you've blown up his tank. He escaped. He's now in the building. He has guards there. Okay, track down, take down his guards. Now, you've cornered him. He has nowhere to go. He's pulled out his guns. Let's do this. I would have been like... And you work your way through his arsenal just like you did in Origins. Like, first he has the guns. Okay, now he has no guns. Now he has a sword. Now he has no sword. And then he has his staff. Now he has no staff. Now we're just beating the tar of each other with fists. And then you win. Yeah. Or even just skip all, like, even just a two-stage fight, like tank fight and fist fight. Anything but, okay, he's done in the tank. That's it. We're done. 
Anything else would have been more satisfying. Uh, oh man, that 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 it was very just disappointing. Mad. That was one. Of Actually, the you were sitting next to me. Wasted potential. When I found out because I was. I mean, I knew about it prior, prior, yeah. and I didn't want to say anything because I was just like, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it for him like it happened to me. I was just like, <laughs> I'm just like, I, I just, I didn't want to like, because like that fight, the slave fight, is is a, is a, I don't want to say quintessential fight, but it's such a crucial fight throughout the entire games, and just like. You robbed me of what could potentially have been the best, best part of the game. The best yeah. part of the game. And if they would have done it right, it could have been the best part of the game. And like my thing, and like I, I need we need to let you get back to your list because I'm about to get into um, <laughs> my thing about it. It's like they was like, hey DLC, you're gonna get to play as Catwoman. You're gonna play as Batgirl. You're gonna play as Nightwing. Mm-hmm. You get challenge reasons. You know what it is? Somebody got kidnapped. Again, it's Gotham. People get kidnapped every three minutes. Like, it's like, oh, two-story missions. It's easy motivation, but... Two-story missions and a fight, and that's it. And I'm like, this is not DLC. This is not how you do DLC. And I have a segment about DLC um, because... We, 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 we talked about DLC, Red. I think, two weeks, the C- two, two we, episodes ago. Yeah, I think, yeah, we did, I, I yeah, think so. Yeah, you were talking... Yeah, and the, the CG Project Red and the way they handle it, they just released um, Hearts of Stone... AKA shots at Hearthstone from. Oh, it's not taking shots. It's it's kind of a play on words from Hearthstone, which is a Blizzard card game. Right. So if you buy the physical copy, it comes with Gwent cards, which Gwent is an amazing. Like they could they can make a billion dollars off Gwent alone. So in The Witcher Three, there's a card there's a card game in the world called Gwent. It's fantastic. It's amazing. Everyone should play it. But if you, like people came so obsessed with it, they're like, we want more Gwent cards to play real life. So they put Gwent cards in the deck, like real deck. In the Hearthstone deck. In the, no, the DLC oh. is called Hearts of Stone. Hearts of Stone. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. so you can see the Hearthstone. Oh, yeah. Out. Okay, Heart Hearts of Stone. Yeah, I think I saw a trailer or something. Yeah, and, okay. and again, the DLC is fantastic. Some people get it at 10 out of 10. This is how you do DLC, people. This is how you do DLC. Meaningful content. Meaningful content. All that other horse armor. And sorry, Oblivion is always that example. Horse armor? No, come on. All that other horse armor stuff, give it to it at, a, at least at a bare minimum. Or like package it into something. But don't make us pay for, like, 10 minutes of content. But we're off track. Let's get back to your list, and I'll get into mine. Way. Rent time soon. Man. I, I, <laughs> I might need I might need a whole cop just to ride about. Ah! Let me stop. <laughs> okay. So I said uh, review. Kingdom Hearts. The Uncharted Nathan Drake Collection. Uh, we'll go to N64. Ooh. And there were a few of them that I loved to play all the time. Uh, I mean, I can make a whole list of N64 games that were, for me, the greatest ever to play. But I will have to probably say Mario Kart. Um, Mario Kart 64, specifically? Ma- Mario Kart 64, just because it was the it was definitely a Kickstarter. But also, that was the thing that, uh, like for you, GoldenEye, it made or break friendships very easily. Very easily. And... Uh, the, the you know my friends growing up that I grew up with we were all mad competitive about it too I mean well was, of course that's the only way that would be fun really that yeah that's it, you're either com- well you're either competitive or it's nothing but trash talk uh, the, there was there was a lot of trash talk the, well trash yeah there's talk. crossover yeah. but even if you're not like super competitive there has to to really be fun, there has to at least be some track, real trash talk going on. I mean, yeah, it's fun in and of itself, but it's really fun if you you interact with each other. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, 
you know, I mean, it's fun. It's good replayability, but in it, I mean, you don't play that game for the story. You don't play that game for the. Oh, there was no story. Yeah, there's no story. <laughs> there's no, the story is everybody's riding go karts. Hooray! Because it's Mario, and I mean, they do everything else together. So, yeah, man, they they do do everything together. I mean, what what sports have they? I guess they haven't done football yet, but I mean, we've done tennis, tennis. we've done soccer, yeah, uh, baseball, baseball. Have they done a basketball one? I don't think they've been. Ba- I guess they haven't done uh, basketball. I don't think so. I don't think there's basketball. Maybe like there's a Mario Party game that's like knockout or something. I don't know. We're on like the thirtieth Mario Party, but um, Which I think they'd be interesting. I think it, it'd be it'd basketball. Be, it, it, I think it would be interesting. Basketball would be interesting. Or even- I, I think it could work. I mean, if you can make soccer work, I mean, why not? Yeah, so at that point, why not end up doing something like, a, ooh, hockey would probably work even better. I, I could see, because if they were able to, because Mario Super Strikers is probably one of the best, like, recent generation Mario games that isn't necessarily, like, um, a, that is not a Mario Party type game. In terms okay. of, like, yeah. also for sports style play because I mean there was Mario and Sonic uh, the Olympic Games which it wasn't bad oh, okay. I, I don't even remember that so I'll have to take your word which probably says something about the quality of the game I guess it, it was yeah it wasn't bad so obviously that's all sports stuff because right what else are the Olympics for uh, but Mario Super Strikers was just so much better than than the Olympic Games one that they attempted to do. It well, like I said, Olympic Games wasn't bad, but I think because also they made it like indoor soccer and rather than outdoor soccer, so it bounced the ball bounced off the walls to keep play going. Because if it was like outdoor soccer, the ball would go out every few seconds, and you're like, well. This is it changed the pacing of the game to the yeah. point that you wouldn't necessarily like it. So I think they could do the same thing with hockey. You just, I mean, you know, put a put a rink around it, change the ball to a puck, give them sticks, keep the power ups, good to go. I'm I'm pretty sure even in regular hockey, the puck is pretty much always in play unless there's you know like a timeout. Foul, yeah, or, there's not there's not yeah. like an out of bounds for the puck. I mean, I, I can't claim to be a hockey expert. I'm not either. Um, but I like I remember I've sat at a couple of games and stuff, and yeah, the the puck just goes unless somebody's like down bleeding or it's you know a break or a timeout or something like that. Yeah. You know, you you don't have out of bounds. So yeah, it would actually. I think you're right. It would be perfect for you know as a video game in general, but especially like more of a kit. Not necessarily I don't, kid I don't friendly. Mean, well, no, <laughs> I, no. I think kid. If you're if you're it doing is, Mario, kid friendly is is correct and it's good because I mean I think that kind of gets into the idea of the accessibility of video games um, not every video game needs to require you to be like the master blaster 360 no scope sniper expert yeah um, Which I hate that nonsense by the way well yeah I mean that, <laughs> I, I'm just trying to pull out a ridiculous example but I mean you know video games are supposed to a be fun. And B, they're not all going to be rated M, so they have to be fun for kids. It's kind of, I mean, it's kind of like you know. It's nice that it's not only any kids any toy play. really. I I would say this would broaden to like any toy, you know, be it action figures or Legos or Nerf blasters or anything. You know, kids should enjoy it too. the The best product is something that people of all ages can enjoy when it comes to play items, I guess we'll say. Yeah. Um, I would extend it to movies and such, too, but I think it's more applicable with things like video games. Um, but, yeah, I mean, 
I, I would say kidsy, you know, kidsy yeah, yeah, yeah. sports game. Sure, and in, sure. in this case, that's not an insult. Kids, I think in my mind, kidsy could be an insult, but for like all the Mario games, it's not because they're yeah. so fun and they're they're the, kid the friendly. Classic. It's it's they're a kid it's a kids too. game, you know, and yeah. it's fun because of that. If if I, I'm not sure, I can really picture a like grim and gritty Mario. And I know I wouldn't want to. That would I would uh, I, I can't see yeah. Nintendo ever doing that. Thank goodness. Um, but that would just not. They work. know they would probably destroy the party, the the the, the, the franchise, the, franchise, the, the yeah. brand, brand. Maybe yeah, it would be yeah. I guess now it's a brand. It's pretty much a Mar- brand. Yeah, Mario yeah. is totally a brand, which is yeah. fine. He, I mean, he's almost synonymous with the Nintendo brand. You know, I mean, if you hear it's a me, a Mario. You know it's a Nintendo product. You know it's a Mario product. You know it's going to be fun. You know it's going to be kidsy. Um, you know, I mean, you don't necessarily know anything beyond that because he's done so much. I mean, for a short, fat Italian guy, he sure he sure gets around with the sports. Um, <laughs> I mean, he disproves the white men can't jump. Um, yeah, his brother does more, but a fantastic um, movie, by the way. Like on on the I don't know if I've ever movies. seen it. White man but can't jump. What? Fantastic. I Wesley Snipes and Wood oh, Harris. Not Wood Harris. No 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 no. Hair, it starts with a H. I know his name starts with a H. His first name or his last name. Some reason. Why, we we have magical devices that connect to you this, so right this magical yeah. thing we'll, out we'll there. We'll figure that out. I need to finish this list, man. Yeah, sorry, sorry, man. Uh, no, it's 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 making for good conversation. Uh, so okay, <laughs> start again. Kingdom Hearts, <laughs> Uncharted, uh, then uh, Mario Kart. So now that leaves it at four, and I had the thought of. Um, Oh man! Oh FIFA, FIFA forever will always be on my list. Okay, just the whole the FIFA series. FIFA, yeah, whether it be a fifteen, sixteen, whatever. Especially the new, the the newer ones that are especially on the next gen consoles. But I'm obviously a soccer person through and through, so I will always, always buy that game. That if there's one game on my list, I will ever pre-order. If I was never to pre-order any other game. This would be the only one that I would ever pre-order, like without without a doubt. This, it's always on my list every year, even if I don't decide to pre-order a game that for that calendar year. FIFA is the only one. So, um, so that's at four, and that fifth one, man, because there's so there's so many games that I've enjoyed. I mean. I would put Skyrim on this list, but I don't think you... I've never actually completed Skyrim because I always keep getting stuck with a side mission. Like, ooh, let me do this, that I forget about the main story. I mean, I haven't finished playing Arkham Knight yet. I put the Arkham series on there. I mean, I I think yeah. unless you're only two main missions into Skyrim, I mean, that game is oh, so gin- ginormous that I think, yeah. I mean, saying I really enjoy playing this, I mean... It's a big enough game, I think, at this point. If you've played, I've played I've double played, digit, I if not triple g- digit hours on it. Yeah. I, I don't have. I mean, we're we're not operating. We're not under the man's rule here. So I I feel like we're okay to Undercover you know, brother. <laughs> 
Have you seen that? Have you seen I, did. I have not. You oh, have my, my, my greatest my, movie about races competing against you, fighting against each other. Oh my gosh. Jeez. It's hilarious. And it's all the tropes. It's like it's, all the it's stereotypes are there. The all the, the tropes. And it's Eddie Griffin, so it's just yeah. hilarious. And the man is obviously a white man in a suit. Isn't it a corporation? Isn't it Austin Powers? The guy who plays Austin Powers. Mike is Myers. I don't know if it's Mike Myers that actually... I think it might be Mike Myers that Mike is Myers the man. Is the that man. is the, the man. man. It may be him, but it's it's so Mike funny. Myers before he burned out. <laughs> um, but, I mean, that that movie is so it's funny. funny. You, need to, you need to take a moment, sit down, watch it, because you will laugh. My, my, my list of I need to watch the, this movie one of these days is rather large. I, I think I, all of I've had a, large. I have a very esoteric list of things that I have seen. And the but the list of things that I haven't seen that I want to or ought to see is also equally esoteric and large. Wait, so, did I give my last one? Did that, I give my last game? You're you're well. You said Skyrim. Are, oh, yeah, are you putting Skyrim, it as five? I will. I will put that as five. Even though I, I haven't I was, completed. That's what I'm I was saying. And definitely done in double digits. I'm probably no. I've probably definitely did triple. Oh my goodness! The first time I ever played. Actually, let's let's back up a second. I never wanted to play this game. To start, okay? You didn't want to play it? I didn't want to play it. Like, the, the whole, like, Dragon Age, Oblivion, Skyrim, the whole thought to me was a little was a little weird, especially seeing some of the characters. I think when Caleb was playing Oblivion, I just kind of was like... Oh, yeah. Right. Okay, so we were playing Oblivion. <laughs> it was the first time we had, you, you came over and hung out one night and I was playing Oblivion. And uh, I don't know what he was doing. He was on his computer, and he looked up, and a Khajiit like just ran up on the screen. If you know, Khajiit are cat people, and like in Oblivion, the cat people, like the Khajiit look especially, especially creepy in Oblivion. They had like super bright yellow eyes, and the color scheme on the 360, and it, it was an early game, so it wasn't like the greatest color scheme. So like, it's literally I look, I'm walking downtown, and the Khajiit literally just runs and goes, "Hey, you!" And God looks up, and he goes, "Huh." What is that? <laughs> so from that moment, I was like, well, it doesn't help that their proportions are weird too. It's not oh, just yeah, the color in the eyes. Yeah, yeah, man. Like Everything. anytime I've seen the picture, though, I'm like, any like once you get, it seems like at least with those video games, like they're good video games, but some of the character models or for just, like the lizard people and the cat so people. I remember bad. what the lizard people are called. It's just like those two are the worst. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, that that put me off at first, and then all of a sudden, he, I just remember you had Skyrim. You had you already had Skyrim for some time. I think at least a couple, at least a couple months. So it was still relatively new, but you had it for a while. It would have been winter break because it came out November eleventh, two thousand eleven. Something like that. If not, it, well, no longer than spring break, definitely. But by that, I think definitely by the summer, I had really, really got engrossed in it. But. You're like, dude, just, just, just here. Just give it a try. So I started playing. I played for six hours straight. I don't even think I really talked to you in those six hours. Nope. I was at your house. He's like, dude, it's time to go. I know. Just hang on. I'll still play. <laughs> so, I think we're actually coming back here. Yeah, we were gonna yeah, come we're back gonna here. Go, yeah. we we're gonna come back, come back to my place, and you're just like, dude, can we go? Uh, yeah, yeah. In a minute. In a minute. Yeah. I think oh, I, I, I got to the point where I was like. I'm going to go take a nap. And I took a three-hour nap. And it was at that point where I woke up, I was like, all right, it's time to go. <laughs> I'm drawing the line. The line must be drawn here. And my, and then eventually, like, I played so much. Like, I would go to his house just to play Skyrim. And he, like, for that, it wasn't even necessarily to see him. Yeah, see him was kind of a, you know, it was there. Oh, I guess you live here. <laughs> but it was to go play Skyrim. Uh, and then... Uh, 
I stopped for a while because it, I realized it was terrible. It was just one of those addictions. You, you had a problem? I had a problem. So I didn't necessarily buy it for quite a while. Uh, and then eventually I broke down and bought it for my PS3. And then my brothers were like, oh, no, we got a problem. My <laughs> brothers hated me for the first three months. So now now I love, I still love Skyrim. But it's at the point where it's it's in chunks. Because the moment I get back into it, I'm going to be playing for quite a while. So it's it's definitely in chunks. I won't play it for a few months, and then like, I'll, you know, maybe for a solid week, I'll, I'll play in like maybe three hour increments or something. Because well, I have to force myself to do that. That seems like the sign of a good game to me. If you can put it down, pick it up, put it down, and you're not just playing the same three hours or whatever over again, that to me just seems like the sign of a good game. Yeah, yeah. and the sign that it's even a better game is after 900 hours in, I'm still playing that 300 hours over on my 10th character, and it's still still as fun, if not more fun, than the first time, because I'm deviling deeper, going further into the lore. Like, I got to the point where I was literally li- reading books. I was reading the books, like the lore books in the game. I would. There was a point where... I think I read more lore books in Skyrim than I read actual academic books. <laughs> if, I, if it was a book, um, I was running a mage, and mage typically it's like light armor, if armor at all. They usually wear robes, and there's like legendary. You find if you want to, you can like find legendary robes pretty early on in the game. Um, it deviates you so far from the main story, oh, yeah. but um, you can find legendary robes pretty early on in the game. So like, I had an intelligence of like I think. I think I had that. I just picked um, high elf, and it just like boosted my intelligence all the way. And so like my magic was stupid high. So I was kind of just like walking through and just burning everything. Um, I was actually using <sighs> lightning. Yeah, I was using <laughs> lightning. So it was like kind of Emperor Palpatine, or if any Destiny fans out there, unlimited so, power. Exactly. So if anyone plays Destiny, I was literally a stone collar, a stone st- storm collar, st- storm collar. Warlock. I mean, because I would literally just summon lightning from the heavens, and I'm just like, die. Everybody die. Um, so uh, that was. I had so much fun with that. Um, so going into my list, Skyrim is at the top of the list. Skyrim is number one. I. I <sighs> Skyrim. That was, that was a perfect segue. Though. Yeah, Skyrim, and then Dragon Age. Those two are the top of the list. I kind of don't. I'm trying to. I'm trying to get other games in there. But I am such an RPG head that I don't know if I can deviate from what I know so well. So, like, it's Skyrim, Dragon Age, Mass Effect. Uh, uh, Mass Effect. Yeah, yeah. Such a good... I could have put that on mo- list. And, like, it's more specific... So <laughs> to be more specific, Skyrim, Dragon Age 1, Mass Effect 2. Okay. Um, the series... I could probably get tattoos of all those series. I, I love them that much. Um, I actually just picked up Dragon Age Inquisition. My buddy Ethan just texted me, hey, Dragon Age Inquisition, God of the Year edition's out. I've had it for like three weeks. <laughs> I've had it for three weeks. I've been playing it on my PlayStation. Um, it's actually been on the back burner on my PlayStation because I picked up Wasteland 2, which we'll talk about in a game in a second later. So Skyrim, Dragon Age 1, Mass Effect 2. So is that because of the story, the gameplay, kind of the balance of the two? It's, for these three in specific, it's I, I was the specifically balance. asking about Mass Effect 
2. Mass Effect 2 is 100% about the balance. The story is great. It's probably the best story out of the three. Some people might argue for one because um, Mass Effect does this wonderful thing where if you invest enough in a particular... Well, there's a good, there's a good path and a bad path and in Mass Effect 1, so it gets to the point where you can get to the end. And if you haven't beat Mass Effect 1, I'm sorry. There's no spoiler warning for this. You can literally talk the guy into shooting himself. Yeah, you get to the end. Yeah. You're supposed yeah, to expect yeah. this oh, big yeah, fight. Yeah, you, have a, you have a long conversation. He was like, you're right. Pulls out a gun, awesome self. You never have to fight the end guy. Granted. I'm pretty sure you still had to fight his reanimated corpse. Yeah, you have to fight his but reanimated yeah, corpse. Yeah, you're right. But you, you never you have skip, to fight. You, you, you skip, have to like, skip a half to two-thirds of the fight. Yeah, and which is, like, to me, fantastic. And that's why, for that reason, um, I, I know it's a newer game, and I have to put the caveat that I haven't played the other two but The Witcher 3, so fantastic. Fantastic game. Um, it is one of those games that uh, I was hyped for, um, especially because it came to consoles. I mean, The Witcher 2 came out on Xbox 360, but I was so into Skyrim that I was just, it just it, never. It just, you slept on it. It just, it just I, knew, I knew everything. I knew how fantastic the series was. I had been following its trajectory on PC. It came to 360. I was like, I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to pick it up. Skyrim happened. I'm gonna pick it up. I'm gonna pick it up. Pick it up. Pick it up. That's fact. I'm gonna pick it up. I'm pick it up. Pick it up. Ooh, I still have uh, Red Dead Redemption. Went back and played through that again. Um, and I kind of had this thing on the three C route. Like buy a new game, play through it, go back and play Skyrim. Buy a new game, play through it, go back and play Dragon Age. And I remember this specific point. I was like, I take. I graduated early, and so there was six months where I wasn't in school. So I played through every single Dragon Age game. I played through one, two. At the time, I guess three. Um, well, no. I played through all of one and then through all of two. And then I went through, played Oblivion. And I played through all of Skyrim. And then I went back again and played Mass Effect 1 through 3. And it was like one of those playthroughs where I started with one character and I followed that one character all the way through the end. With Mass Effect? You with mean? Mass Effect, okay, yeah. Okay. So I created Shepard at, uh, I think it was like... I can't remember what I called him, but it was a Vanguard. And I started from Mass Effect 1, and I carried him all oh. the way through Mass Effect 3. So that was a good two months out of the six that I was in school. Um, but The Witcher just does this great job of throwing you in the middle. Not even the middle, at the close. Oh, what could be, what could be, keyword could be, the end of a fantastic series without any prior knowledge, but giving you enough ammunition to say, hey, look, if you want to find out more, you can. If you have this prior knowledge, it's so much sweet, such such a sweet payoff is what I've heard. I've, I know a couple girls who, um, I had this one friend, she played literally um, a thousand hours of both games, Witcher 1 and Witcher 2 before Witcher 3 came out. So she just, she knows everything about the game. And I made one decision and she almost strangled me in public. She was like, why would you do this? Why would you do this? Do you not know how evil she... I was like, I don't know who this woman is. I... It's Geralt. Geralt is kind of the James Bond of his era. It's all the ladies. I've... Apparently, I picked the wrong one. I don't know. I'm sorry. I apologize, Lisa. Lisa, I'm sorry. I don't know. What to... I didn't know what to do. Eh, I picked the one. She was cute. I'm sorry. Um, apparently, I made the wrong decision. But um, the Witcher... Mistakes so... were made. Mistakes were definitely made. <laughs> but it's such a... It's It's... And, like, my favorite part of The Witcher isn't even, like, the story. It is an amazing story, but it's, like, the little things in the world. There's a, a card game in there called Gwent, and I've been alluding to this. Gwent is a card game completely just made up. 
they made up a card game and they stuck it in there. You can, you have to play one match. If you don't care, you never have to touch that game again. The first hundred hours I played in that game were playing Gwent. I don't care about story. I don't care about Monster Honey. I was playing Gwent. I collected all the cards, and now the expansion's out. There's even more cards. It's a problem. Gwent is so good. So good. Like, there's this entire community that just kind of erupted day one. Like, this Gwent card game's really good. And by, like, the first month, people were clamoring for more Gwent content. So much so that they actually put out um, part of their 16 free DLC packs was... Just more Gwent cards. Like, hey, you, calm down. Here's more Gwent missions. Here's more Gwent cards. Go play. Um, there's, there's, a, there's, like, a petition going around. Like, hey, can you, like, start a Gwent league? Can you, like, make online multiplayer so we can play Gwent against each other? Um, so that's... So, th- so what you're saying is if they ever make actual, like, physical Gwent cards... They have they physical have, Gwent cards. Oh, I have them. He has oh, them. So I bought, they so bought here. I, bought I was about the, to say that would be like printing money. So they have printed money. They, 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 they have a license to print gold at this point. Not just money. They could just they could just bathe in showers of gold. Just, the Gwent cards are just so... I mean, I have them. I have them. I bought the collector's edition, which is like $150 without batting an eye. Because I was like, it comes with real Gwent cards? Give it to me. Now. Now. Immediately. Like, before I even knew what Gwent was, I was like, it comes with real cards? I'm going to buy it. Best decision I've ever made. Now I'm on the hunt for the DLC, which you can only get the physical editions at certain GameStops in the country. Um, and they come with the Gwent cards in them. So I've, I've been hunting. I go to work, and when there's a slow hour, I'm literally searching every GameStop in the country. Like, okay, which one has them? Which one is closer? Which there's one probably a black market among GameStop employees. Somewhere probably somewhere. This. I think I think it's officially, like, there was an issue. Like, there was GameStop put out an apology. It's some logistics issue. Um, so it's only available online now. So I'm going to slide through. Holler at my boss, make sure I get my physical copy. But that's great. So now I'm put in a tough position to put my fifth game, and the list is just too good. I could put anything from Fallout 3 in there to Red Dead Redemption. Oh, yeah. Not Red to Dead. mention Grand Theft Auto 5. I enjoyed LA Noir. LA Noir is pretty good. I don't see, I, I can't put that in my top five, top ten maybe. But I'm, we're talking about definitely Spain. a true detective game, I felt like. <sighs> There's so much. I feel like five is. Uh, it's such a hard one for me to choose because I love Red Dead Redemption. I love that game was so good. Loved Red Dead Have Redemption. You ever played Red Dead Redemption. I I own it. I've played. I played a little bit of it, and then I picked some other stuff up, and I haven't really had the chance to sit down and play through more of it. And it was one of those things where at the time the only TV I had was not high def. It wasn't a flat screen okay. or anything, yeah, and it, yeah. it was really hard to read like the little tool tips. And I mean it. What what I played of it, it was an amazing game. I I liked the mechanics I was given, but I was having a little trouble seeing things. Yeah, I was having. I mean, <laughs> I'm already half blind, even with you know sometimes even with my glasses. So having something that felt like I was not wearing my glasses, except I was, and trying to read it on the screen, it it didn't really help me. But I still have the game because I okay. still want to sit down and play through it and beat it at some point. I have honestly, I have a couple games like that where I've played through some of it, and then I had something else come along that was shinier, and I haven't sat down and devoted Ooh, the tons shiny. and tons. Well, I mean, so Mass Effect, I've got all three of those games. I played through all the Mass Effect games, and I've got uh, a few other games like the Bat, all of my Batman games. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I've played through all of those. Nobody who would know me, who knows me in any capacity, is probably shocked that I for forsook playing another game to play a Batman game. Um, <laughs> but no, yeah, I, Red Dead Redemption. I like it. I still want to get a hold of the DLC for it. Yeah. The, the um, expansion, the the un. 
What, what was I'm, it called? A Night of the Undead? No, uh, not Undead night, Nightmare. Dead, yeah, Undead Nightmare. Undead Nightmare, yeah. I mean, if for no other reason than because it's like, oh, hey, not only do you get to collect horses, you get to collect the four horse horses of the apocalypse. And I'm like, that in and of itself was cool, let alone the fact that you're running around killing Oh, zombies. yeah, trying to find, like, what is it, the unicorn? Yeah, the unicorn is a pretty difficult one to find. Oh, and like, so, I saw it once. Yeah, then there's sometimes literally there's like, like there's a unicorn. A, there's a, yeah, no, I'm I'm taking it straight <laughs> at your word. There's, I, there's I literally that. things in the game that you will never know, um, and that's why I like Rockstar. So I think and it's such a hard decision between Oblivion, which is, in my opinion, a better storyline than Skyrim, and like some of like I, I enjoy the progression the progression based system of the side quest so like if you wanted to join the fighters league you started off as a mayor recruit and you had to play a certain amount of story quests you got a big quest and then you moved up to the next level and there was a progression system skyrim took that in the sake of a arguably more fleshed out storyline and more background based like um system so where you joined the guild you played through their quest line, now you're the leader of so said guild. It's in every single one. So if you played a jack of all thra- trades, you could literally be the head of the magic guild, the leader of the thieves guild, and the matriarch or patriarch or of the undead or the brotherhood. Um, what are they called again? I think they're literally called the dark brotherhood. Oh, um. Yeah, the Dark Brotherhood. Yeah, so, dark- you, so if you played a jack-of-all-trades, you could literally be the head of all the divisions in the game. Um, I usually just kind of forsook that for alt characters. Like, I had my main character who... So my, I actually never beat the game on my main. I beat it on all my alts, but never on my main. But, like, I was create. Okay, so I want to make a... I want to go into, like, archery. So I'd make uh, a wood elf. And I really wanted to do sneaking, so I made a Khajiit. Um, and they were kind of a fantastic character because... Instead of, like, when they did unarmed combat, they actually, like, in the game, they, and this shows you how well fleshed out the game was thought out, they had, like, claws, so you can actually... Oh, specifically, because yeah, did. Yeah, because you had claws. But anyway, back to, like, the way Oblivion was set up, like, you would just play through, and if you wanted to, the deeper you delve in, like, the more rewarding it was, so it's hard for me to put not put Oblivion in the fifth spot. Uh... I'm just gonna have to give it GTA Five. I just have to put GTA Five on my list. Okay. Like regardless of how I feel, like the game is as close to perfect as you can think. It's it's. I was so concerned about having to play three different characters on one storyline. I was concerned like I don't know how they're gonna mail. I don't know like is it gonna be confusing? Like mid mid mission all of a sudden I'm playing somebody else. I want to play as this one character the entire time. Uh, is it is this, is it gonna be disconjointed? Like how if I really don't like if I really really hate this character and I'm forced to play it, I'm gonna hate this game. And the way they balanced it out was masterful. That is that is it, wizardry with words. Like whoever wrote this, like the the witchcraft. The, yeah, whoever <laughs> wrote the like script for that game, master of words. Like the way they the way everything just works and just ends. I'm just like. I don't even want to play this story yet. There's some people who've played it multiple times. Get that? It's one of those games that I'm just like, that was perfect. I don't want to. I don't want to play the story again. Give me online mode. All right, online mode's here. I'll mess around and blow tanks up and do everything. The way it ended, I was like, that's all I needed. And for that sake, I have to give honorable mention to Last of Us. Like, 
it was uh, yeah. so hard oh, not putting that geez. in my list. So uh, hard not putting those I forgot time. about that. Yeah, Last of Us is probably one of the greatest PlayStation games, if not one of the greatest games of all time. Um, so fantastic. I mean, the story yeah. between Joel and Ellie. Um, I, if I start talking, I'm going to go into a diatribe about that game that has, like, biblical themes and theological things here and there. But, you know... Uh, yeah, last honorable mention of Last of Us. That game is a fantastic. Clearly, what we should do is put a, our top ten on the Facebook page. Yeah, that way we can expand it a little bit because we could probably spend three nights talking out a top ten on this <laughs> podcast, but just writing out the list itself on there. Yeah, that's and then a good idea. Maybe let people comment or say that you're wrong or whatever. Um, because it's the internet, inevitably somebody will tell us we're wrong about something. That's right. Um, and uh, yeah, but yeah, so that that way we can we can have our cake and eat it too. Yeah, I like cake. Um, cake is delicious. Who have you ever had African cake, John? I'm going to say no because I didn't realize there was a difference. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> the first time I came to America and I had cake, I was like, "This is rubbish. What is this nonsense?" Um, you must not have had very good cake. It's you see, you would think so. No, so like African cake is like inherently just it's different. You would think you make cake regularly the same way, and like I think it's the same like start off process, but like it's more, it's more doughy, more more bread. I don't know how to describe. A little it. denser, yeah. a little thicker. Yeah, yeah. Because like the first time I ate and cake, denser, I was like, it's yeah. fluffy. I was like, this is rubbish. This is. This is trash. You people don't know how to make cake. This is uncooked. <laughs> I think I was like, I think I went to my mom. I was like, Mom, these people didn't cook the, they didn't cook the cake. They didn't finish baking the cake. This lady doesn't know what she's doing. What um, about your first meal in America? I think it was chili. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That was. <laughs> my dad was like, it was like first week in Kansas. My dad went to a guest house, oh, uh, and it was like six o'clock, and we just finished eating chili. And they were taking all the plates away, and they started like, "Who wants dessert?" I was like, "Dessert? You mean the bean soup was the food? I thought that was the appetizer." Now looking at me like I was crazy. I was like, "You people eat at six? Like I start eating at nine? <laughs> you people are eating at six? I'm already hungry. You guys talking about dessert? Where's my food?" <laughs> Chili was just such. I was like, "How is this? How, you Americans are weird. How is this food? This is bean soup. What are you doing with your life?" That was literally what I had for lunch today. Yeah, I mean, chili. Now, now, now I'm a fan of chili. I get chili. I kind of get like a double proportion because I got like soup goes through me like water. So I just get, I'll get chili. If I can get like extra meat in there, I will. And I'll get like. Well, let's add crackers. Add, that's or, exactly and or what I have cornbread added in. That, that thickens it that's up. That's what and I was, Or Fritos added in. I hate and, Fritos. But crackers, it has to be, and like I'm very specific, it has to be good old-fashioned saltine crackers. Because I would literally just take a whole stack, break them down, put them in the bread, and then that's just like... Ritz would be an emergency substitute. Oh man! For the saltines, saltines, and then some cornbread, Um, and in now there's what we generally think of as chili here, like in the Kansas City area, probably. So it's like the heavy, like lots of beans, lots of hamburger. At least to me, that's the that's the right way to do it Um, for that style chili. There's also uh, I think it's Cincinnati style chili. I was talking about this earlier. It's thinner, and you eat it over like spaghetti. And I had it once, and, like, when it was being served to me by some friends, I was like, I know I kind of gave that, are you sure about this, face? <laughs> and then I had it, and it was good. It, it didn't replace the the chili that I knew and loved, but it was, uh, it was, 
it, it was different and in a good way. Okay. So, but no, yeah, chili. That's and we're getting into chili season. Like, yeah, you're right. It I is. mean, this this no is no pun intended. Yeah, yeah, no pun intended. I mean, <laughs> at my work, they had a chili contest like three or four months ago or something, which was hey, free chili. That was awesome. Um, but you know, like really, to me, just my family's general habits mean that I associate this time of year with eating. That is, that would be one of the dishes we eat because it's cold outside and chili is served warm and warms you up inside. And as we used to like to, as I still like to say, sometimes it makes your tummy happy. So, uh, you, you you do kind of want to take a nap afterwards, but, uh, yeah, that, that that's so funny though. Where's the meal? That, I thought that was, that, that was the meal, Caleb. That, that, that was the food. I was so offended though. Like, this is not food. You people did not feed me. I was so upset. I went home immediately just like, and it was on Sunday too. And so if you're, if you're, if you're. African, but especially if you're Nigerian, Sunday isn't Sunday without rice, rice and, and chicken. chicken. It doesn't qualify. Sunday has not ended or started until you've had rice and chicken. You may have had meals, fufu, whatever, a goosey, eba, pandanyan. A goosey stew. All of that stuff is cool, <laughs> but it's not Sunday until you eat rice and chicken. It does, yeah. it does. Yep. Regardless. So I immediately went home. I was like, I was ticked off. I had a stick that leftover cake because I had like nine pieces of cake to make up for that chili. I was upset. I was upset. But I met, we you were on. probably also on a sugar high. Oh, yeah. I immediately went home. It was like rice and chicken, chow down. It was still summertime, so I was allowed to be up all night or whatever. So I was like, it was like the first time I discovered Adult Swim, and I was like, this is weird. I want to go play video games now. So, <laughs> but um, yeah. So yo, yeah, well, look up, look, look for the Facebook group. Um, um uh, uh, even more about nothing podcast is the name of the group. Um, for those of you who are not a part of it or liked it yet, go do so. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts and comments about episodes as they as they go through. And I, we we've created it so it can be a forum that the. You know the fans or those who are regular listeners can can communicate with each other. We like to hear your thoughts, ideas, um, just different stuff. What you guys enjoy, what you guys do. Um, we do we do look at those pages, um, so please do so. Please please do so. Become an E Man fan. <laughs> an E Man. <laughs> I like that. Um, uh, oh oh okay. So I pushed this off from last week. Because you would be here. This is either really good or really bad. It is really good because obviously it is in our realm of things, which you and I are huge Batman fans. Now, I I think that that would be an accurate statement. Yes. So, with that being said, we've got two things here. But this is what I want to talk about first because to me it is probably the greatest story of all time for Batman that is ever written. And that is The Killing Joy. Killing yes, Joke. Yes. Okay. With the Killing Joke, news came out at New York Comic Con, which was last weekend or two weekends ago. Sure. Uh, let's go very, with that. It was recently, mad recently. I didn't go, but it happened. Yeah, I didn't go either. I wish I did. That is on my list of places to go. Um, the bucket list, if nothing else. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Preferably well before the bucket, but yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so they released the um, announcement that The Killing Joke got approved as an R-rated 
movie. Now, my question here is, does it need to be an R-rated movie to be able to do it justice? Uh, do they have to go down that route, or can yes. they do without? Yes. I Well, first off, yes. I, I believe what... At least, at least what I read was not that they said, oh, it's going to be R. It was yeah. they were approved yeah. if they decided it would be – if the – if the, I guess if the content ended up being oh, R, yeah, yeah, yeah. they That's... could do that. They they had no restrictions. No, The, the man didn't tell them <laughs> you can't make this more than PG-13. They, they were allowed to make it whatever rating they wanted. And so In my they, opinion, they have creative freedom. In my opinion – the Killing Joke, it would be a disservice um, to tone down The Killing Joke because that, I mean, that it's in the title. I mean, it's kind of, it's it's a very sadistic title, The Killing Joke. To assume that killing is a joke or you make a joke out of killing, the double entendre there, I don't know if people, I'm sure us I, comic book I mean, nerds have done that many, many uh, times in discussion. Um um, I understand some people hate the comic. I, I have a lot of female friends in the comic community who despise that comic book specifically before because of what's done to Barbara Gordon. And if you haven't stopped listening at this point, I just we're going in. So oh, <laughs> spoiler yeah. warnings at all. It's, it's, we're gonna go. We're gonna go all out. Spoiler warning for the night at this point. Yeah. I think would probably, probably be, be applicable. safe. Yeah. Um, <sighs> That is probably one of my favorite Batman comics of all time. And for all you people who said Batman hasn't killed anybody before, oh. read it again. Because he definitely kills Bat he definitely kills the Joker at the end. And it was like, oh no, he just No, he snaps his neck. Um it was yeah. out of I mean, this is we're talking about the Killing out of uh frustration. Necessi- necessity. You ki- they kill heroes kill because they have to when it comes down to it. Okay, and I want to say this is this is less out of necessity, and this is more like why this I, is the reason I like Batman. It is an emotional battle because you can see you can see how frustrated it is, and this is what makes Joker the quintessential Batman villain, and that's why I feel like they have sort of the anti Batman, the anti Batman. He is like sure. he knows he knows Batman's every move. He knows the things that pushes buttons, and he does the one thing that Batman doesn't want to do. He pushes him in a position to say, now I've hurt the people you love. What are you going to do now? And he knows Batman. He's like, you know, Batman's going to have to do one thing. Um, lock me up forever or kill me. And he, Batman makes the ultimate decision, and he kills him. And he, he straight up snaps his neck. He starts walking out. You hear, you, hear Bat, you hear Joker laughing, and all of a sudden, the laugh stops. He closes the door. End of comic. If that is not one of the best endings to a comic book that it ever, if I, I feel like you do not you do, you you do not deserve to talk about comics if you don't think that is at least in the top five endings of comic books ever, ever. Yeah. That is such. I mean, and it it is such an emotional weight on everyone. Like the whole. I mean, that whole storyline is. I mean. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, looping back a little bit. You know, you were mentioning that a lot of people. You know, you said girls, but probably. Guys and gals dislike what they did to Barbara Gordon, and while I can understand it because comics have a bad history of um, fridging women, and in fact, I think maybe they weren't the originator of that idea, but I know it. It was a very infamous thing back in the what was it? Was it the late nineties when they debuted uh, Kyle Rayner, best Green Lantern? Um, <laughs> 
Kyle Rayner came out and within like three, within like ten issues or something. I'm I'm terrible at issue numbers. I yeah, I read this as like the trade paperback, but he comes home. He's still like the Green Lantern. He's brand new. He's like a weird blue spaceman gave me a magic ring, and this is kind of awesome and weird and scary. And he comes home and opens his refrigerator, and his girlfriend, who we had met just like two issues before or something, is dead and stuffed in there by this other character. So. In that case, the character that character's entire purpose was to be introduced Just and to then be, be killed. killed solely to provide emotional trauma and weight and motivation and so on for her uh, for her boyfriend for the male character. Mm-hmm. And we could probably make a three hour podcast talking about fridging and fan service and all these things in the comics industry. Um, the thing in my mind that separates Killing Joke, and more specifically the the paralyzing, crippling, what have you, of Barbara Gordon from things like Kyle Rayner's girlfriend being stuffed into a fridge is that, A, Barbara Gordon continued to be a character in general in the comics after that point. But more specifically, Barbara Gordon, like, she, I feel like owned, like, she owned her paralysis. She yeah. she took that and she worked through it. She didn't say I love being paralyzed, but she didn't mope about it, which was great. For which ye- was, I mean like a decade. It? We had what like a decade mm-hmm. of yeah. her as Oracle. Cool. Yes. So she a very long time. She couldn't run around. Okay, so she couldn't run run around and kick bad guy butt anymore. Although there were a few instances where people tried to jump her, she beat them up anyway. Uh, Etc. But mostly, she was support. But she was she wasn't just support for Batman. She she was support for the entire Justice League. Um, she even started up her own group, which was the Birds of Prey. Yes. Um, which she and she managed that, and she fed them information. And I mean, she had this whole thing, and it was or I mean, everybody turned to Oracle. Yeah. And even had her own headlining comic too. And she couldn't. And in some ways, she could not have been Oracle. If she hadn't been paralyzed, you know, I mean, I, I was going to Jesus juke that one. I'm not going to Jesus juke that one. Um, but I mean, it's, it is legitimately a good turn in the comic because the character changes and evolves yeah. and is in many ways stronger for it. I, I think the, that, the fandom would have backlashed if they fridged the character like they always do. If they had just do. killed her. Oh, that yeah, that would have the been cheap. Or if, or if they had paralyzed I don't, okay, at, at that point, and I pushed her out. I don't think at that point. I don't think it was like. Um, I mean, the killing I don't think, joke I don't, itself have still been good, but moving beyond that, it would. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't think it would have been as big an issue if like because if here's, here's the thing, it's kind of like we're looking at it in hindsight. Like, oh, we know Oracle now. Oh, people have reacted. We're thinking about it. Oh, people have reacted based on the way we know Oracle now. Back then, I don't think. I, granted, the reaction was visceral, and I mean, I think it was. It was I think one of the boldest moves. I think I, I definitely by that time one of yeah. the boldest moves was that, ever done. Was that before Death in the Family? Yes. I mean, those were pretty close together, but I They're think that very, was they are very before, close together. It's, it's before it's, Death in the Family. Okay, so it's before Death in the Family. I believe so. We're, we're gonna check, but it's either right before or right after. So it was kind of a, overall that period gave Batman a one-two punch to the gut. Which I would say that's maybe the proof against the Joker being killed in the Killing Joke, or at least they retconned it. Unless at that point they were deciding to just go with the idea that the Joker is not in fact one person, but it's some sort yeah. of mimetic virus. It's okay. It's kind of, uh, and that's the thing. Like Batman, I th- and that's the thing. I feel it's like kind of both. Batman and the Joker 
are mutually exclusive. You can't have Batman without Joker. You can't have the Joker without Batman. Granted, we've had alternate universes where they don't exist within each other, and Batman's a bad guy, Joker's a good guy. Um, if you don't already know this, I'm sorry, but there's there's Batman universe where Bruce dies, Thomas oh is Batman, my gosh. and yes, his mother yes. is the Joker. Which and is so And when they wrapped that story up, it was just, like, I haven't read the whole thing, but I remember reading, like, those pages where they were... Where Thomas Wayne Batman, who's like way more hardcore than Bruce, mm-hmm. and okay. which I think works really well in that storyline. I would not like that Thomas Wayne Batman as Batman all the time, yeah. but within the universe worked well. Um, but the, Thomas Wayne was preparing to help uh, Barry Allen and some other dudes basically reverse everything that happened and get Barry Allen back to the past so he can change the past. So yay, time travel and system reboot, whatever. That's all a whole thing. But I remember the like two or three pages where Thomas is talking with Joker Martha, who is like such a creepy look because she like just straights up like she like straight up like slashed her mouth open or something. And so she's got like an even grosser version of I think it's called a Chelsea grin or something like that Chelsea smile whatever yeah, it is yeah. that the Dark Knight Heath Ledger Batman had because his was like all sewed shut hers had like two small sewed shut points and otherwise was open it like I, every time I see the picture it's just um, but they're standing there talking because of course you know they're a married couple so as much as they're mortal foes they're also married so I'm sure there's plenty of fan fiction writers out there who just ran wild with that. Um, we won't talk about that either. But uh, I remember he was talking, you know, he's talking, he like talks through, you know, a family goes into an alley and she's saying stop and he says two shots fired, bang, bang, stop. And he basically talks through this scenario and then surprises her with the idea that instead of Bruce dying, they die. But the, the like nine panels that got me where he says, you know, she's like, so you promised that if we fix this, Bruce lives even if we die. He says, yes. And she says, what happens to him? Does he grow up or something like that? And he says, he does. And she's like, well, what does he do? And Thomas says, he becomes his father's son. And you can see he's a little sad about when he says it. And she's like, he becomes a, and she kind of hopefully says, he becomes a doctor and no words. And it's like half silhouetted. You just see uh, Thomas Wayne Batman's shoulder slump and his head sink down. And then uh, Martha just says, oh, oh my, or oh dear, something like, like, and it was just, she knew instantly that he meant, no, he becomes a, you know, fearsome creature of the night who hunts criminals who are superstitious and cowardly lot. And it was just, I mean, that's, I think that may have been one of the most powerful pages of comics I've seen produced in the last several years. Just something about it, just, it, it was like, it just, it was almost a gut punch. It was just amazing to me. And I'm like, this is like a side story, and it's it's kind of going away. Except now, I think that universe still exists, or something. I don't know. Well, DC not, is yeah, confusing. They've, these they've, days, they've acknowledged that it's still a thing. I don't know if they've like. I mean, I guess there's it in multiverse. Yeah, they've, but, I don't know if they've acknowledged it in print yet. But I know they've acknowledged it in like others. Yeah, where it's been mentioned. Um, just to give you the information, Killing Joke was done in, in 1988. Okay, both of them uh, were 1988. Killing oh. Joke was March. Death in the Family is December. Oh wow! Okay, so I was right. That was a real one-two punch for Batman. I know that by the end of Death in the Family, Batman was like, he was like, attitude that I'm, I'm, I'm gonna kill the Joker. I'm gonna kill the Joker. 
and everybody was worried. I think they stopped him in the comics, A, because it was like, that's his one rule, and B, they were probably worried that he would straight up legit go uh, kill somebody or kill everybody else because he would snap. Because that's, to me, see, I get where you guys are coming from about, you know, superheroes don't absolutely never kill. But for me, it's it should always be something that's incredibly rare. Like with Superman, um, barring Elseworlds or alternate universes or whatever, I can think of the, there's like two incidents that stand out where he straight up uses and succeeds in using lethal force. And one of them was this one story that had like three Kryptonians on like an alternate world and they'd like they'd like killed half the planet or something. I don't remember exactly, but he he basically kryptonited them to death. I just verbed kryptonite. I'm allowed, I'm a comic geek. Um, <laughs> and then the other one is when he fought Doomsday, which killed him. Yeah. Um Batman, I mean putting aside the like first dozen or two issues where he's running around with a handgun. Um, because, you know, characters evolve. Like, I get so annoyed when people are like, well, Batman used a gun once. I'm like, okay, yeah. And at one point, he made propaganda comics that I'm pretty sure included some racist slogans. We probably don't want to go down that path. Let's let's look at the overall or overarching uh, presentation of the character, which for me, Batman has the strongest no-kill rule because for him, it's... It is it, the reason he is Batman. Yeah, it's Batman. It's literally the reason he's Batman. Yeah. yeah. Batman believes that he's, you know, anytime he's presented as a character who doesn't have hope, I think the author has missed it. Batman is fundamentally about hope. It's the hope that he can make a difference and no other child ever has to have their parents shot in an alley. And then there's the hope that all of these absolutely insane villains that he keeps stopping can actually be cured. Now, you know, we can make the argument that the justice system of Gotham and the state and the United States are so flaw- are super flawed because the Joker should, by all rights, totally have gone to the chair or the chamber. or Multiple times. Yeah, you know, multiple times. That's not how the insanity defense works. Uh, just, yeah, there, there are other villains you can make the insanity defense for. The Joker is not one of them. That's not how it works, but... This is also a universe where a man dressing up as a, a man-bat hybrid actually is an effective crime fighter. So I think there's allowances that we can make in some ways. Um, I have always, I always hold to the opinion that if you're like, oh, Joker should be dead, okay, fine. That's the job of Gordon or the justice system in general. The whole point is that Gotham is so corrupt that guys like the Joker keep breaking out. That's, it's... Uh, there's probably a fancy term for it. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but that's basically one of the mo- that's one of the basic assumptions you have to make about the Batman universe. Oh, uh, uh, that's true. Um, just real quick, and also, um, I know we were talking. This popped in my head really, really quick. Talking, speaking of death of the family, um, isn't that what bad blood? Two different split? ones: death in the family and death of the family. Two Ugh. different things. Death of the family. I was talking about death in the family. Death in the family and death That's of already, the family. That was done in uh, Batman Enter the Red Hood. That's Because death oh, yeah. in the family is Jason Todd okay. getting yeah. killed by Joker. So they did that in That's Enter right. the Red okay. Hood. It was and done in Flashback. Of but the family. Is that supposed That's the to be one, bad blood? 
No, Death of the Family was the one they did like the last year or something. Yeah, it was it, last was, year. it was just jacked up. It stuff. was the like, one where like the chick finds Joker's face and yeah, like, Joker cut his own face off, off and yeah. then like stapled it back on, and it was honestly kind of stupid. And he like, oh, he actually knew who Bruce was the whole time, and like he went through and almost killed almost everybody in Batman's family in one way or another. Like he almost killed Alfred, and he almost killed Jason Todd with like acid in his mask. And there's all kind like. I, I I haven't picked it up or anything. I have I have Death of the Family and I've read through it once and I have. Everything it's hard for I, me to go back to it. I'm everything like, I've hey. seen of it, I just I was like I'm not super impressed by this because it felt like it was pushing. I feel like in recent years the Joker has just become. Uh, he kills people and he laughs while he does it. There's there's no. I don't know. There's no dramatic flair, and that to me is a crucial aspect of the yeah. Joker. And, and the killing joke, like half of that thing is just his presentation and his dramatic flair. It's brutal. It's sadistic. You know, it's not the like '60s Batman, you know, show or the you know '50s and '60s comics where it's all zany antics or whatever. Which I think those have their own place. Um, but by the same token, Killing Joke, there's still it's 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 something that only the Joker would do. Yeah, and I feel like the last true representation of that we've had was Heath Ledger. And yeah, Heath. Okay, Heath well, at least, was at least still, he was a grimmer. On screen, oh, yeah, yeah. On screen. Yeah, he was grimmer, but he still he still had a flair. The whole and, the and, whole and like he, piling he, up the money, setting it on fire. Some men want the to pencil add, trick. The pencil trick, and then quintessential. Well, I don't say quintessential, but like the classic Alfred. Some men just want to watch the world burn. Right, and it's. And it fit within the the overall tone that Nolan set for those films. It's not necessarily the same as the Joker and other presentations. You know, it's certainly not Hamill's Joker, but it's just it's still an amazing performance. And I think I I don't want to try to rank either one of those against each other because they're they're different enough that I don't think they can be they're different enough in good ways that I don't think they can be compared. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, I mean, I I'll, I will rank, you know, Christian Bale and Kevin Conroy performances with Kevin Conroy just barely beating out Bale, but it's a close thing for me. I'm I'm Kevin a bit of a Conroy I'm a bit of a Batman for the for life for me. Oh yeah, for the life. But Christian Bale, I I I loved him as the live action Batman. He is the only one who, for me, He's done it has either. brought Batman to life. The live best. action, okay. the best. Yeah, I can agree with by that. like leagues and leagues and leagues. So although that Conroy's Batman voice needs to go, well, I did not it, enjoy you know? It. Yeah, I mean his voice. I as much as I have fun making the voice, sometimes the voice had some flaws, but his physicality yeah. and just the attitude he brought to it. I mean, and you read things like what he was talking about in the first movie. He was like the the costume head gave him. It was hot, dark, sweaty, and it gave him a headache, which. Apparently the costume crew like made T-shirts that said that on it, but he was like, "I just used it. I, it made me angry, and so it made me more angry as Batman, and I channeled it." I mean, that's the kind of, like that was why I enjoyed him so much. He's he's always been an actor who like maybe unhealthily throws himself into the role. He will lose weight, gain weight, etc. for roles. Like I don't know if either of you, I've not seen it, but I've seen pictures of it. He was in the movie called The Machinist. He went down to like a hundred. Less than 120 pounds. Like he, like he is skin and bones. And that was he, the very next movie he did was Batman Begins. Whew. Yeah. So he he just packed on. I mean, it, you read about the weight difference, and it's like that can't have been that healthy. But he's 
probably stinking rich at this point and has like the best doctors ever, so it doesn't really matter that much. But uh, he his one of his more recent films. Uh, what was the one? Um, oh gosh, it had like him and Jennifer Lawrence and. Um, See, Amy Adams. I know exactly what you're thinking about. I can't think of the name. It's like the casino one. Yeah. I don't remember what it is. Um, I can see it, but I can't think of the I'm name. I'm pretty sure it's the one that made Jennifer Lawrence put that put out that essay about her, how she was making less money than male actors because she didn't negotiate strong enough and some other stuff. Yeah. Interesting essay. Go look it up. Jennifer Lawrence talking about pay differences for actors and actresses. Um, but, yeah, like he actually she- packed on a gut for that movie. Like, he actually gained that weight. That wasn't, like, a fat suit. He actually got himself, like, I guess that would be, like, a beer belly or something. So he that's his, like, thing is he, like, gets himself into the best, like, the closest physical shape possible for the character. But he just, for me, it, he was just leagues better as Batman than any of the other guys who have done live action. Yeah, I, mean, I would definitely agree. I would, my next ranking would be Keaton, and he is way, way lower like, I, I used to say Keaton was the best Batman, Clooney was the best um, Bruce Wayne, and Kilmer was kind of in between. Um, but at this point, they've all three of them have been blown Overshot. away in both categories by Christian Bale. Now, and again, this I is don't like his Bruce Wayne. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be particularly honest. I, you're I, allowed to be wrong. I don't um, like his Bruce. <laughs> the one. The one thing. The one no, scene, the one scene that I think epitomizes it, and I think everyone agrees, is this, like, it's like we're going to see the ballet, and they go to the ballet, and the ballet shut down because Bruce Wayne's taking the entire Russian ballet on a boat because he can't, because he can't, and it's actually cover for him to do something else. But it's yeah, really I mean, and it's just like, and she knows she was like, ah, oh, Bruce. She Bruce. was thinking a lot of of very nasty words. Well, because yeah. In the, I thought it was really summed up well in the first movie where it's like he's come back to the city and he's starting to operate as Batman and he's up there in that rich he's up in that fancy hotel with all the rich people and they're talking about him and he it's so funny he makes the comment he's like sitting there and he like kind of twirls his finger at his head while he's talking he says any guy who dresses up as a bat clearly has issues like just the way he said it was like he sold it so well, and then, like, those two ladies with him, like, the models or whatever they were supposed to be are playing in the not in the pool or whatever, and the guy's like, the pool's not for playing in, sir. He's like, I'm buying this. And he's like, it's not a question of money. He's like, oh, no, I just bought this hotel, and I'm changing the rules. It, like, <laughs> that's totally something, like, Alfred, like, said, they, rich men buy things that aren't for sale, but it was still totally a Bruce Wayne thing, just, and I don't know, like, I, I can I I will acknowledge that you are allowed to have a different opinion, but I just feel like he did a really good job at both aspects of the character. Okay, I can I can, I can. It, It's not as good well, as Conroy doing it, but for me that's kind of a given. That's not to say Bale was bad. Conroy is just the Bale, master yeah, yeah. of that, and I'm a little sad that. You can kind of notice it in, like, season four of Batman the Animated Series and then, like, the Justice League. And it's a little less this way in the Arkham games. But his voice actually isn't as growly as Batman in the in the later season. And his Bruce Wayne isn't as light and fluffy and happy. I read somewhere that that was apparently because like that super growly bat voice he was doing was actually destroying his vocal cords. 
you know, I mean, it wasn't the Bale voice, but it was just he was apparently straining them too much, getting that extra... Grasping it. Yeah, that extra I'm graveling, I'm gargling gravel and glass sound. <laughs> so, but that was one of the things I loved for those first three seasons is his Batman was... Like, he had three voices. He had the out-in-public Bruce Wayne, who was all, you know, light and talking. You know, he had the I'm in the Batcave, but my mask is pulled back and I'm talking with Alfred like lower tone and then he had the I'm trying to make this criminal soil his pants for the next three years voice (laughs) well speaking actually speaking of animated series um I have a and you saw them earlier a couple posters uh signed by uh Todd Aaron Smith which this man low key went under the radar was in a sea of people Sitting at a sitting at a table, and I happen to walk by. And if you don't know who Todd Aaron Smith is, and you're a Batman animated series fan, you, I don't know what you're doing with your life because this man was one of the animators on the series. Okay. Uh, so he got to draw basically the entire from season one to season four, um, and so he I I got I never thought I would get to before in my life. He got I got to ask him questions about the series in general that he just you you just ever dream of asking somebody who was a part of this this Cuz he was one of the top guys. Like he, was he wasn't Deanie, but no so he got yeah, he got to do the animation. I so he's drawn Batman, he's drawn Poison Ivy, he's drawn Harley Quinn. Um so uh but one of the things was that he di- uh, that he liked in terms of doing the series was um, to him, and this is about Poison Ivy. Poison Ivy, he he never thought it made sense until season four that Poison Ivy wasn't green skinned to him, which I, I kind of had to think about that for a minute. Like, what do you mean? Well, um, obviously, kind of like a whole idea of a of a of a tree when you've got food and photosynthesis running through it. It's it's gr- it's going to be green. Mm-hmm. So uh, so when it came time to season four, that was one of the things that made them. It finally he thought he could draw something that finally made made sense, which I thought it was just it w- was was interesting. But I never really cared, you know, too much. I just wanted to see. A cool I do character. remember noticing that she went they from were, being like completely normal skin to like that kind of really pale green like type. almost mint green yes yeah 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 and she was like yeah and she's no longer had like the arm i don't think she ever she had the arm crossbow anymore no 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 um he said drawing harley quinn was actually very very um interesting um and it was almost in a sense that because a create a character was he never was there he one thing he told me he wasn't there when they made the decision to create harley quinn uh but he was after the the decision was made to create harley quinn for the series that uh they handed him some models and they were like go ahead and create this character so it was actually very interesting that he got he had the chance to really kind of put his own spin his stamp if you will so to speak uh, in some aspects of the Harley Quinn character, so he actually got to be a part of that process, and uh, and, and, and with a collective group of people to create Harley Quinn. Even once Harley Quinn was then established, so he got to put that art style into it, which was very cool. So I got a couple posters signed. Oh, he said also one of his favorite episodes to work on 
was the episode Superman came in. Okay. Uh, there was like um, one or two, it was like a two episode, which it, it oh, was. Oh, was it the one where it, Batman had gone missing? That one? Or was. So you're not talking about the world's finest little. Not the world. That, it's. Uh, I don't remember what it's called. Because there's the movie. Yeah. Uh, there was the movie, but that movie was based off of the episodes that they had created. Um. So, world, World's Finest, the way he kind of explained it was World's Finest was a part of, or not necessarily directly, but it was, in a sense, sort of tied to some of the episodes that were created, that had Superman in it. Right. Well, because I remember they had the World's Finest thing, and that was kind of like when the characters meet, and then somewhere in the fourth season of Batman, there's this thing where Bruce Wayne goes missing, and they end up having Superman come in and basically sub for him, which led to some hilarity, like Superman versus Bane. Totally unfair. But <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, he's Batman. It's like, hmm. Yeah. But yeah, so I remember that. I It's been a while since I've seen them, but yeah, I do remember those episodes. And that was fun, especially because Superman, like, you wouldn't think he would nail it, and then suddenly he's nailing the Bat voice. So... Unlike me right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, I'm trying to see if I can um, find it. Uh, but there was there's a one particular episode where where he he comes in and whatever that very first episode they did was was one of his very first episodes, first two episodes of um, oh of drawing of really animating. Okay. That he that he definitely enjoyed animating. the most. Okay. Because I asked him, I was like, "So, what was your first favorite episode to animate?" And he's like, "When we finally got a chance to bring Superman in for the first time, and really draw him was was one of his favorites." So it was it was it was just an interesting conversation, and the fact he just went under the radar and wasn't even on the sheet of guest uh, of guest appearances, or you know, or maybe it was one of those things that he was. But it's on that little tiny list, you know, that long list of tiny names, yeah. that, you know, that you just don't necessarily read because you're just like, eh, it's too Oh, of like the people who created the series, you mean? Um, no, like talking? when you go to con, you know, when you go to cons, they're like, oh, there, there's the, the big names that they're like, well, yeah, they, they show face and pictures. Oh, like, yeah. These are the yeah, people yeah. that they're pushing and then they have their own booth. And so people go line up at those lines. But then you know they give you they're like so there's there are a whole some list of, these of other creators, creators and yeah. animators yeah, yeah 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 so he was probably on there so and was, I probably didn't see it was this at Planet Comic Con this year or was or this it was the, the new Comic Con the, the one that they did back in August uh, Casey, Kansas, yeah Kansas, Kansas City Comic Con yeah and he was there he just had a table randomly and I, the only reason I stopped was because I saw Batman the animated series which to me is. My favorite Batman series of all time. Yeah. That's... We don't have a discussion about it. Uh, really? No discussion whatsoever? Why, why? Why? Why would we need a discussion? Batman Beyond. That, that, that counts is, as Batman the Animated Series. Bam. <laughs> discussion done. <laughs> okay. All right. I it, mean, it was, I, I joke, but it, it's the same characters. I mean, it's the same. I you mean, still have Kevin Conroy. Yeah, have Kevin. Kevin Conroy is now just a crotchety old guy. I mean, we could at this point we could do Batman basically, Beyond and just have Kevin Conroy. Basically, as Bruce it's Wayne. their it's their it's their spinoff. So technically, it's it's still in a sense attached it, to it, it. It's I mean, it legitimately is part of what's called the DCAU DC Animated Universe, universe which yeah. applies to all of those D universe 
thing. So yeah, Batman, Superman, Justice League, Static, and Batman Beyond. Brought Static up because I remember you guys talking about it. Uh, I think was yeah. he on your list? Yeah, it was on my list. Like I, I didn't ever episode. watch like every episode, but I caught a lot of episodes. I enjoyed that show. Batman made an appearance, so of course Kevin well, the entire Justice League. League. Well, yeah, because they eventually both, like they started both crossing. Bat- there was there was a solo Batman episode, and then there was an episode Justice League was. There was also yeah. a Shaq episode, but you know, yeah. there's that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Shaq Fu wasn't bad enough. Sha- that was those were the but days where Shaq was everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, we joke about it, but Static itself was a solid series. Very so solid. So Shaq coming in, what it wasn't like. Well, this is a train wreck anyway. It was maybe not the best episode, but yeah. it was definitely one that would sit at the, towards the bottom. <laughs> at least within the series itself. Every series uh, has episodes like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That for sure. Even for sure. Batman the animated series. Yeah, which I think there were... You know one that I found interesting? I don't know if you remember it. It's the episode called The Man Who Killed Batman. Oh, my gosh. Which you had this little hog-dunk dude. Yes. Who, he was like one of those... squid. Yeah, he's like, uh, he was a low-ranking gangster. Who was like... He was like, he was a failure. Like he just was failing in everything. Failure, and he s- somehow managed to kill Batman. Or like the situation came about that it looked like he had killed Batman, and so the whole episode is everybody talking him up like he's the best thing ever, and he keeps running around like he's scared because everybody thinks he's the toughest guy. So now they want to take down the guy who took down Batman, and he goes to various mobsters and is running around. And finally, he falls into the cl- clutches of the Joker, and this is where the episode goes from interesting to both hilarious and like absolutely phenomenal all at once because we get a funeral run by the Joker for Batman (laughs) and I mean the I mean they legit had Harley Quinn playing the kazoo and I think she was playing like taps or amazing grace or something like that and they actually played it in the soundstage I remember they had they only got like one take because once she did the one take, everybody, including the actress doing Harley Quinn, was just cracking up too hard. They just, it it was done. They were done, like, for the day or something. And, I mean, but Hamill just nailed the speech. I mean, well, it was Hamill doing the Joker. He nailed it every time. Um, but it was that just, it was ridiculous. an amazing episode. Like, even just for just that one sequence, you know, and summed it up as this whole speech about life just isn't as funny without Batman. And they wrap it up. They toss the Sid the Squid into a coffin that goes in acid. And he's like, well, who's up for Chinese? <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, just I do that. Rem- oh, man. That, <laughs> you know, that, that, that episode is what makes me think that Hamill, being in The Killing Joke, which he has said he's going to do. Which I was so like, oh, my goodness. First of all, he when he's he getting said, pulled back in. When he, because when he said, when he said, I would be interested in doing it, I'm like, DC. Pick this man up again. Do not let him go. And then he said, I'm doing it. Yeah. So, like, that, need to say that episode else. convinces me that he is just going to absolutely nail the killing joke. Because well, just that he sheer... He was the voice. He That he, sheer 180 from, like, almost serious to completely irreverent. Mm-hmm. Just, he's... I, I, I'm just convinced he's going to nail it in Killing Joke. I mean, I, he I nails every time. He's, he's the one character we never have to really... He's that one voice actor you feel like, especially playing the Joker, and he's the one I think really... 
gave the Joker life the most, at least of that era and in that time frame within that decade. Oh, yeah. That you just you don't worry about it. I I wanna say his performance as Trickster um in on Flash. Oh oh my gosh. Last season. I think it's last season. Yeah, it was last season. He's returning this season too. That that performance was like It was like watching the Joker. It's like he still got it. And he yet he threw in that line it. where he told the he told the new trickster, "I am, am your, your father. father." I'm like, yes, oh my yes, God. Yes, yes. Like if you could, if you could do a happy, if you could do like a happy table flip, that's like a happy table flip moment. I don't know if that's a thing. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, that is now. It's, it's a mic pain. drop. There we go. Yeah. It's a mic drop moment because that was just. He's it, okay. We can wrap the episode. And there. he was. He had the the classic hand on the shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> I, and he, I mean, he had that line later. I don't think that was very sanitary <laughs> because that was clearly the biggest concern in the scene where everybody's poisoned. Is is that sanitary? But yeah, when I saw he's coming back, that was great. I really hope they bring they make sure to have the guy, uh, the actor. Uh, what is it, John Wesley Ship? Yeah, the guy who played the Flash in the '90s show and is Barry's dad in this show. I really hope they have him in that episode. Yeah. Um, um, I, the they, two of they, them they in that to. first Trickster episode was ingenious, and I loved it to see that chemistry and, between them again. But they didn't overplay it, which was good because yeah, I mean yeah, the show oh, yeah. isn't about that guy; it's about you know it's about Barry Allen. But it, it just that was a great episode. That was just a fantastic episode in every way, and I was legitimately surprised at one or two points in it, which is good. I mean, even if you could, some people say, "Oh, I saw it coming a mile away." That's great, but you know, if I'm not trying to overthink the episode yeah, oh, and, yeah, yeah, and, and I'm it surprised. Was, it, it was. Which I'm I'm I guess we can segue a little bit into like the hero shows out right now, because okay. I've been watching so I've been watching Gotham, Flash, Arrow, and Agents of Shield. Okay. And I would rank them in like the reverse order of that. Agents of Shield, Arrow, Flash, Gotham, as far as how well I think they're doing. Agents of Shield, I think, has just they like they started the season and their foot was on the gas pedal and they haven't not they have not let off the gas in the best way possible so far. I mean, just all the actors and actresses I feel like are pretty much nailing it. The storyline has got me hooked. I want to know what happens next. Um, they're using their special effects budget wisely. Uh, they're not like overusing it, but I haven't seen anything that's cheesy effects yet. I haven't like rolled my eyes at the effects. Um, not that I really did that last season, but, you know, they've really been letting the actress who, you know, they've really been letting the Daisy character cut loose. Uh-huh. Like, when I, when I found out who that character was, like, instead of just a completely new character, she's actually, oh, she's actually a Mar- an existing Marvel character. I thought that was really, that was cool. And then when they actually, like, gave her power, her powers and everything, that was even more cool. Um, but, yeah, that those, it's only, like, two episodes in, two awesome episodes. Arrow was just like, um, like I haven't actually watched every single episode of the series. I've seen a little bit of seasons one and two, and I watched all of season three, and then now I've watched you know what's out so far, you know, the four. whopping two episodes of season four, and I'm just loving it. It's just, it's just amazing. I know you guys talked about your theory about. Um, uh, again, slight spoiler alert for people who are behind on that because we're only two episodes in. Um, but at the end of the first episode, they had a six months later scene with a uh, Which, grave. Yeah. My theory. Felicity. My, you know what's funny? My theory is actually it's going to be Diggle. No. 
Here, well, here, okay, here, so here's the thing. I really, I, I hope it's not Diggle. Well, I've had this. I've had the suspicion. I actually, but I don't want it to be. Well, there's a couple. There's a couple things on that. A. Barry said he was late. I saw somebody make a good point. Barry would probably not be late to Felicity's and still be like mobile. Yeah. Because he yes. was a lot closer to Felicity. Like he he does he's not dissing Dig, but he was he's not like close to Dig. Yeah. Oliver would probably not be in as good of a state as he's in. Like him saying, Oh, I'm totally gonna kill this dark guy. Oh, he he would be on the warpath if Diggle was dead. If Felicity was dead, he would probably be a wreck. But but you know, I mean, yeah, it's. I'm I'm trying to be careful saying this because I'm. Uh, yeah, it's kind of the let's kill the black guy idea if they do that. But they've introduced. Uh, uh, Cur- Michael Curti- Holt. Uh, Michael Holt. No, Curtis. The, uh, what's no the guy who's plays? Wait, are you talking about Mr. Terrific? The guy. Yeah. Who plays, okay, and I just Curtis I just had something. this thought. Curtis. Curtis Holt. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're right. You're right. I just right. had this thought. Diggle's costume is kind of eh. But if you change up the helmet a little bit, it can make a T-shape, and he's got, like, the leather jacket. I'm like, what if him going down inspires Holt to be a hero, and he uses, like, super tech or something and takes Diggle's costume? Actually, as a matter of fact, that's a good theory because actually, come to think of it— Come to think of it. And and maybe Diggle Diggle takes the name at first, but Diggle does something super heroic and dies. And so all he's on a warpath— We've got Mr. Terrific because we've been told straight up he's going to be Mr. Terrific, and right now, yeah. right now he's basically uh, second Felicity, and I like he's only been in one episode so far. I like the character; I so think he's going to be fun, but I really want him to be more than just Felicity. I'm hoping Felicity gets a code name like not Oracle, but something like yeah. that. Yeah, and maybe actually, they'll make it's very Oracle. very interesting that now that you say that because if Diggle does die, the costume does happen. Uh, my theory is that. The project that Felicity and Curtis are working on is actually six months. Oh for yeah, the they board said meeting. it's gonna be six months. And he, he, I think they're gonna work on the T spheres. That oh that, yeah, the T spheres that, that, that he. So if he makes the T sphere, that comes about, which is six months from then. Diggle dies. I mean, that kind of lines up pretty well. Now my my so theory, we, now here's the thing. We're assuming that the, Oliver is okay with just letting this guy walk in. Whether he's well, okay with it or not, well, he has the Felicity. If Felicity's still alive. He has the end with Felicity. He, this guy, I mean, we've seen. I've, I remember seeing like this. What what they call sizzle reel? Yeah, yeah. That this, they gave. We know he, him, and Felicity get stuck in when some guy attacks. I think that happens like this coming this episode, episode. Yes, it's supposed to be this episode. And like Felicity, like fires a gun, which is pretty awesome. Like I, I like Felicity actually being. At least somewhat effective. Like the episode last season where she's with everybody else and they went la, to Nandar Parbat. Last season was just and she like threw the she then. like well no this is like the one awesome oh, she threw the, the tablet yeah. and the guy like falls over she's like yay <laughs> and then you see it was actually John Barrowman I mean Malcolm Merlin uh, shooting the guy but just that one moment where like. Felicity's like, I took a guy down with a tablet. Behold my power. And then she looks over, and oh it's God. Malcolm Merlin. Like, that was basically the one Merlin. good... I, I mean, yeah, it, I mean... Anyway, but that's that's kind of my theory with who's in the grave and why it's that character who's dead and then what Here, that's going to spawn. Here's, so here's, my, theory. here's my theory. I, like, I think Felicity is the other strong option. I don't so think Felicity is the other strong option, but here's my reason as to why it's probably not Felicity, although um, for that, if they're really going to follow comic book um, 
status in terms of Oliver, um, in terms of relationships and who he gets married to. Obviously, it's Oliver and Laurel. I because think she, is she is the black canary. We don't have, like, he well, she's probably still canary. She's still, she's, she's, still no, she's black canary because Sarah show? was the canary. Yeah, so Sarah was the canary and she comes back as white, whatever. She'll be she's white, white canary, canary, which is act, which is an actual DC character. Yeah, I know. But like, I know, which on. they haven't, but, like, I know they haven't said it yet. Yeah, but like I'm also. I, I hope. I really hope Laurel isn't the black canary. At least I, the current Laurel. I really don't. Like I think she's Laurel. getting a little better. I'm just she's, really hoping they bring. They, they actually have had her to. Use they've this, had to drag the canary her cry. Yeah. The canary cry. She used that well, like twice, the yeah, and then now they, they haven't used it. I'm Cisco, like, what the heck, didn't like Cisco create Cisco. The, yeah, did Cisco create. made it. Which Cisco is one of my favorite characters oh. in Flash. We'll get to Flash in a second. I, yeah, but here's my theory as to why it's probably not Felicity. If Everything that the information that they fed us over the summer is true. If Felicity, if they're supposed to reveal Felicity's father, which they want to explore Felicity's backstory. If they do, there was that theory floating around, or at least they gave us the implication that Felicity's father may be Damien Dark. Now, they've all, they obviously say things to make you think and to get you to do these theory stuff. If it is, you're going to need Felicity for the whole season, really. And, okay. You're going to, you're going to, because they're going to be Need aspects. is a very strong word. I feel like when you say you need a character, and that's when you, that's if when it's anyone besides Oliver, you're, you're kind of in trouble if you say you need somebody, you need this person. That's, no. that's like, I was kind of tied, I was kind of tied to like, oh, you need no. Roy. And I was like, I no, 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 okay. But for a story and aspect, I don't feel like you, different. I don't feel like, show. I don't feel like you, Felicity has never been for me a concrete character. I feel like she can leave the show at any point, and the show will continue on. And oh, it I, always the dynamic would be different, but right. I feel like she's not like almost any character. A- any really. character almost who's not all- Oliver Queen can do that. Yes. Now, now, see, here's the thing. I feel like Thea's fallen to the point where you kind of need Thea because Oliver and Thea are getting getting to the point where they're almost like they're de- they're dependent on each other. Right. So like I'm getting to the show like you need Oliver, you need Thea. Everyone else is still kind of nah nah nah. Now I do have like the reason I want to say it's still Felicity and I'll let you finish yours in a little bit. I feel like the current trajectory that they're on is breakup city, which oh, is oh, why yeah. I feel like if they do break up. It doesn't leave Oliver in the broken down state, right. which we assume he's still gonna be on this warpath. He's still oh, gonna win yeah. event. Like he'll probably be, he'll probably be even more on a warpath. Like I understand, we were in a relationship, we've ended it. It's six months later. It's I feel like next two episodes the relationship is gonna end. Either this one or the next one. I, I oh, and actually you I, might be right I because uh, I, I, because I, I, the I, moment she, he announced for mayor at the end of this last episode, did you see her face? I don't remember that she made it. I, I remember she kind of she was like it was more of a, a, a concerned type. It was just not a normal Felicity type face to make. Yeah, and this is not, and this is this is why I feel like it could be Felicity, and this could be, and that's because I see it. Like I feel like the relationship ends in the next two episodes. And they do the same thing they did season season three. She cries for a little bit, and she was like, "I'm a big girl." And somehow her friendship with Curtis, Holt, Curtis, 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 whatever his name is, Holt, Holt yeah. works. Holt like, is is it's it's, it's not like the it's not the Ray Palmer 
love interest. It's uh, the, yeah, it's, that that was uh, anyway. So her friendship with Holt is what pulled. Go too far with yeah. It's it's her. It's her relationship with her friendship with Holt that pulls her through to where okay, she's up. She's running the company. She's still helping the team. Like regardless, Oliver and her are still gonna have that little thing, but she can still be like boom, boom, two shots to the head. She's dead. Oliver is distraught, understandably, but he's now on the path of now. Now it's time to play ball. Like I, I've been I, nice. Um, I guess the one thing for me there is if that if it was Felicity, why isn't Barry also like yeah I'll help hold him down while you kill him? I mean here's my uh, thing. I feel like I mean, Barry, Barry Barry and her were never in a romantic relationship, but it's pretty clear they have a strong friendship even though they're not always sharing episodes. I feel like this is where we start to see Barry and his relationship start to get a little stronger, and hence. He's probably more focused on the things going on. Cause like Zoom. Well, he does have. Yeah, there's the whole Zoom. Zoom thing is the Zoom thing is no Zoom. joke. Zoom is the Zoom thing is no joke. I mean, if anyone doesn't read Flash, like Zoom is kind of like that guy. And any, Zoom is any, like okay. Any I don't want to say Flash, this. Zoom, any any iteration of that character. Yeah, is serious I, I, I don't. Business. I don't. I, that this is. Some people are gonna call this stretching, but like Zoom is to Flash, Joker is to Batman. I you know I was kind of thinking along the same line. I feel like it's a split with Zoom or there's some of that with Zoom. Flash. Well, Zoom reverse flash. Like I said, any any iteration. Then, I mean, for those I who mean, don't know, real yeah. quick, we've got Zoom, we've got Professor Zoom, we've got Reverse Flash. All three different characters. There's there's the there's the mistake that some people make that Professor Zoom and Zoom are the same person, which they are not. We will have to do another episode about that. Probably. <laughs> but all three of those characters would be They fill a similar role. Even if they're not they're not literally the same person, they're not the same like named character, but they're all three fill a similar role. They're I think all three of them wear a yellow primary suit. They're all evil speedsters, so it's all kind of like and the comics may use different terminology about why they move fast, but they conceptually or archetypically or whatever big uh, you know 20 cent word we want to throw in there they fill the same role of that dark mirror of the flash that's the key part here yeah um, and, and so I guess that's what I'm trying to get at is that like um, there's always some sort of zoom variation clashing against the flash character um, and I feel like that is what is preoccupying his time. He's dealing right. with well, this. Well, he, he said bar- that explicitly in the yeah. episode. Like, I was dealing with Zoom. Yeah, and then and when I feel like I feel like he says it um, for the, for the Arrow people, the Arrow people that don't watch Flash, which I feel there's very few of those. Yeah. I, just, I was like, gonna say at this like, point, very kind of, few. Like, the, the, that the people, Venn diagram. The, pe- the people who watch it is kind of a giant circle, and the people who watch Flash is eh, you're yeah. Okay. That Venn diagram like, is almost just one circle. Yeah, it's kind of just like edges on on the edge. There's edges on the yeah. Fence. There's edge cases. Yeah, there's edge cases. So I think it's kind of like I've been dealing with Zoom. It's like okay, I understand Zoom's well, and they had a reference in uh, the second. The most recent Flash episode about Green Arrow. I don't know about putting colors. Oh uh, yes, yeah. that was. So <laughs> and I, so I it, still I'm still not a fan of the way they did the whole Green Arrow thing. I feel like they could have been a lot smoother. Uh, like I'm liking the moment to moment with Ollie. Like I'm liking that he's still consistently not as dark and broody. Like he's he's not like total snarky. I'm a commie guy like he is in the comics, which is fine. That's his own character, and there are Batman elements. You know what? I I've accepted that. We had Rachel Ghoul. Um, although I think Damian Dark is like blowing it out of the water as far as just 
I'm in, I enjoy every scene with Damien Darkin, yes. even if there yes. are some scenes where it's like, like his thing with uh, in Anarchy. the most recent episode. Well, he where he was just like, well, I don't like how this guy does it, but I'm going to threaten your daughter or whatever. It, and then I he's mean, like, you've crossed a line. Yeah, that, that's like the way, the way. Yeah, well, no, when he was threatening Captain Lance and he was oh, saying, at the very very. I end, mean, it, yes. it's kind of like okay, this guy threatens a person's daughter, and it's not okay. You do it, it is okay. I, but he, I'm just having so much fun watching that guy be Damien Dark. Like he's just casually like stopping arrows and killing people with his hands and like threatening telling people they need to let cities die like it's a sick puppy i mean who makes a, a sick puppy analogy yeah and all, all done guy. in a very nice suit yes very nice he's Armani sharply Javante dressed suit. and he he just yo you can imagine this guy's ordering a latte the way he's talking except no he's talking about how he wants the city to be dead so like that actor like i feel like that actor is having fun which is important i feel like Stephen amell who, from everything I've seen, like, on social media and whatnot in the last year, the guy's, like, just to- a totally awesome bro and everything. Um, it, but, what? I know, I was just going to say, he's just one of those guys that's really, he's one of the, I feel like, he, for TV right now, he's one of the most accessible guys out oh, there. Oh, totally. For, for, for social media, for, for promoting a show or just someone you want to, like, maybe ask He's just like, so nice of, to his fans. Oh, he's yeah. just so nice to his fans, but... I feel like he's having more fun as Ollie this season. I think he's getting oh, yeah. to let a little bit more of himself, his natural self, leak into the character, yeah. which for something like this I think is good. Like it's there's still a clear distinction if in the mind of everybody who's not the wrestler Stardust, or at least the character that Stardust presents. We can talk about wrestling in a minute if you guys want, or we can cut that off. But yeah, we can go um, into that. Part as well. <laughs> we can go into that bit later. Yeah, but he's just having more fun in it. It makes the show more fun, which I think is an important thing, you know, because we still have, like, dark things and we still have, like, you know, is this city going to die? Well, the answer is obviously no. Um, But it's just so much fun this season. That's why I've liked it. And then Flash. So now getting back to this, like, ranking Flash, I felt like the first episode, the first episode felt weak. It wasn't terrible, but it was not what I was hoping for. I feel like they so wasted the Atom Smasher character. I mean, putting aside the fact oh, for that... for the new season. I thought you were talking the about season, like the for pilot. The new I thought you were talking about no, the pilot. No, no, the pilot was good. I'm sorry, yeah. I, I'm, I'm looping back a little bit. We're talking about this season specifically. First episode of this season... I just I don't know. I mean, it's it, it wasn't felt like all it, that it could be. It felt almost like it was more about setting pieces up than it was telling a story, which I don't it think was, was good. setting and pieces it, up. And it, I feel like it wasted Adam Smasher both as the potential for him to eventually turn into a good guy. I feel like the effects well, could have been better. The effects could have been better. And I feel like they just didn't give him enough time. I just I didn't. The, I there, felt a, like he wasn't used to his potential. There's a couple things here. The Adam Smasher they were following was the Earth 2 Adam Smasher, who is right. definitely, definitely a villain. Um, and actually, back to the whole thing of necessarily killing people. The last two episodes, Barry has just killed the last two people. I mean, what straight was up. even like, like, I, I guess, well, up. okay, we could maybe have something with the sand dude where maybe, like, I'm really hoping we some, see something about how, oh yeah, we, we swept him into a bin and now he's, like, fine back in... You know, Blackgate or whatever. If they do that, that would be great because, yeah, otherwise we totally killed two guys in a row. One of them with basically with cancer. I mean, <laughs> that's that low key. That's kind of what happened with Adam Smasher. I mean, like we we shove radiation in him and then he's laying there and he's got like lumps on his face. I'm like, did 
Did, did Flash? Cancer? Yeah, did Flash just give a guy <laughs> cancer and kill him with cancer? I'm not sure how I feel about that, especially with Stephen Amell's whole F cancer campaign. <laughs> it's like even more oh, there's irony. That. Yeah, but, that um, I will say that the guy they have playing um, Jay Garrick, like introducing Jay Garrick in general, awesome. The best. That's one of the best ways I think that is nailing it. Um, that's the other. The other thing that made me want to table flip with the first episode was, okay, Barry's dad is free now. Again, we're in like total spoiler territory here, folks. You've been war- this. That's that's your second warning. I'm not warning again on anything. Oh, no, this is like fourth um, technically, but yeah. You know. But he's free now. Awesome. And he's like, I can't be around in the city. And Barry's all angsty. I'm like, dude, you're the Flash. You, you have can- the best excuse ever for your dad to be in an episode. Or not be in an episode. I mean, did, okay, your dad doesn't want to live in the same place as you. That's legit. I could understand his dad saying, I need some space. I could eat. Like, the reason he gave was, like, the worst one, too. Like, I saw somebody say, why didn't he just say, I need to start over again. This city has a lot of bad memories. I'll come back and vi- you can visit me anytime, and I'll come back and visit sometimes, but I'm not going to live here at least for a it's while. The P- it's Peter Parker syndrome. Yeah. It, it's, it's like, very, very I agree. The absence of me will allow you to grow into something greater than I could. Then you, like you could essentially. Then you could ever be. If with, that had okay, been I guess it's not. I guess it's the Uncle Ben syndrome. I mean, if it had been, Peter if that, Parker if then. that whole line of "Oh, you'll be better with me not around," if that had been like a a tertiary reason, I could maybe accept it. Because Barry has had kind of. I mean, Barry has had a thing where it's like I've got to. My dad's gonna be. You know, you could kind of tell Barry was almost about to regress to like high school student stage with how much he was talking about, which. I don't know how well I like that any either, but I mean I can kind of understand it. His dad's been locked up since he was like twelve, so I mean in a way he wants to go back to being a high schooler. But it just, it just again it, lots of individual little pieces being set up. Second episode was way smoother. I feel like a lot of the humor was more on target. I love the Patty Spivet character. The Patty Spivet, I very chemistry. Yeah. And first of all, the the the, 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 the uh, yes, Monty, the Monty Python, Python reference was so great. Was so great and loved it. And I mean, they did it the way it felt like a natural two geeks referencing Monty Python moment. And I think that's key. They they've done a really good job in this show of making the geekery feel natural. Cisco is the prime example. Like there's, I read uh, the recaps of the episode on Io Nine because they're always hilarious and. Almost every episode, there's something like if anybody, some comment Cisco made, the person will say, if any other character had said this, I would just be wanting to throttle them, but somehow I just laugh my gut off, laugh my butt off when it's Cisco saying it. Like somehow yeah. the guy playing Cisco is just nailing everything, um, pretty much everything he does. Carlos Valdez. Yes, Carlos Valdez. He's just nailing Cisco. Re- Cisco is one of my favorite is. characters. Definitely. Um, and I, I'm really hoping that this whole oh I'm seeing like weird visions. I hope this. He, he said the word vibe, like, I get a weird vibe. I'm really hoping he ends up as a straight-up superhero and has, oh, he like... Because, I well, mean, the vi- obviously the vibe I mean, he's vibe. Is. I really hope he ends up with a costume at least vaguely like his comic one, like, with I don't, the shades and the, like, orange and just, like, the flare shoulders. Cisco is the kind of guy who would make an outfit like that, even if for just one outing and then make a quote-unquote more reasonable one as much as anything in the show is about reasonable costumes when we have a guy running at the speed of sound in red tights um or red kevlar or whatever the heck it is but like i I want cisco to have fun like i really hope this whole oh don't look my powers goes away quickly and he has fun with it cisco is at his best when he's having fun like 
the best moment, like the best non-fun moment in season one, was when he was killed by Wells, and that was because you basically felt like Wells was killing a puppy. Like you, uh, you it, it, that it, was it the was, most gut. That had to be the most gut wrenching episode of the entire season. You're just like, <laughs> and then the fact that it almost happened, you felt like it was about to happen again. You're like, I can't watch this a second time. <laughs> Why do you play with my heart like this? And then it didn't happen. But I mean. Outside of moments like that, and I don't feel like they the more serious moments with him have in any way even approached that level. Um, he's he he is the fun character. Like he doesn't need to be one note, but he's the guy that we have fun with. And if we're not having fun with him, it's gonna it, be a little need, it's gonna yeah. be a little rough. And he needs to have fun with his power. So he needs to figure well, uh, it he, out. He, he he will. I really hope he will. He will. But I. Th- I think he gave, uh, for me, a valid reason to be able to accept it because he was like, well, Harrison Wells gave me this power and Harrison Wells, with the things he's done and what he told me, I just, I feel like I can't do it. And as as they said, every time... he walks through the journey with it and it's not... I hope that's not the entire season, I guess is what I'm saying. I don't don't think it will, but anytime someone hides something from their friends, it never ends. Yeah, I'm seeing like... I from, really hope it doesn't go into too much drama. From the way it's been, like, from the way, like, the Flash, like the way writing the show and how things get discovered and uncovered, Barry is going to fall into some situation, and it's going to have to be up to Cisco to embrace, I mean, because that's how his it's always... Vibeness, his vibeness, if you will. In order to, and that's kind of the thing, like, um, it's, it's my slight issue, I feel like, and it's, I understand it's Barry, and I have... The way the way the characters are in my head is from like pre fifty two, so I have this very concrete image of like Flash being the quirky character, but he's like twenty five. He right. is a PhD level professor, not right. a fresh out of college Actually, T student. So it's it's kind of bothering me see, that we're so that, that's, Flash. That's so and like it's cool. And I like Arrow. I'm more fine with like I, I'm more I prefer Arrow because I feel like he's more in line with like. Year one era, which is probably one of my favorite era comics that I've read. Which is okay. didn't know by far probably one so of the best era comics. I really so I'm fine with the way the actor character is. Flash I have a lot of issues with, but it's so good that I'm like Yeah, right, well we, here's here's we the can thing. bury it. So I feel like it's gotta be like Barry gets uh, stuff in We can suit. bury it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. But you know, it worked out. Anyway, so I was like it's gonna be a situation where like he gets into some situation. Oh, I have to take on Zoom on my own, and he's gonna get himself stuck again. And it's gonna be like, all right, we have to come together as a team. And Cisco's gonna be like, I'm. It's good. I hope they say like, I'm the only one that can do this. Like they, like they had a couple. It's like a, a couple episodes last season where Cisco's like, it, it's, it's up to me. I have to do this. And like, season one, it happened a lot with the whole. Um, Caitlin's boyfriend. I can never. Uh, Ronnie. Ronnie. Robbie. Robbie. Ronnie. Robbie is Ronnie. 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 Yeah. Ronnie. Robbie. Yeah. Actual actor's yeah. name. Yeah. So Ronnie. Was like, oh, he felt guilty for Ronnie. So he was like, "Oh, I'm the only one that can do this. I'm the only one that can fix this." So I think it's gonna be. After, I think it's kind of like a trope they've kind of given. Uh, yeah. Now here's Cisco's the thing. Like, oh, I, I, this is my fault. Well, I feel responsible, especially when you get. In, I don't want it. the whole thing with his brother, and he felt responsible. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of like it's not. That's kind of his character trope now. So he's got kind of like, oh. I have a barrenness. But he's, at least he's willing to st- step up. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. That's gonna. I feel like that's how it's going to have to go in order for him to like, embrace his powers. And he's probably going to come out with a ridiculous costume, and they're going to make some fun of it, and he's going to be like, I thought it was cool. 
And it was like, and everybody like, will feel terrible for making fun of them. And or at least the audience will think like, they're terrible. Here's where I feel like they're really gonna do it. The whole. Oh, oh! The flashlight it was kind of cool. I don't know. I saw it in a comic book or something. The whole Batman, the Batman, the, the the flash signal in the sky. Yeah, that yeah. Was the I greatest. feel like he's gonna be like, I, I, I haven't been reading the comic books lately. I saw this costume somewhere. I thought it was cool. And then he's gonna get like the real yeah. costume that they're gonna use for the rest yeah. of the season. I know you said you had issues because you had you're stuck with the stipulation of uh, pre fifty two flash. Yeah, which now, is probably my favorite Flash. Wait, wait, That's no, no, it's, it's a very fair. Pre fifty two Barry Flash. Barry, okay, Barry. Because we've because, had a lot of flashes. Because uh, Justice League and Justice League Unlimited was Wally West. Right. Uh, they had that Wally West run, but and if it was, okay, and that's now, the thing. If it would have been, never, we're not even go there because it's gonna be a whole. That's a whole other segment. A whole, as well, a whole other. Here's, yeah. here's Drag of Rice. Here, here's, we get into like Wally West versus. I think Barry, here's your thing. And I still think it should be Wally West instead of Barry, but you know. Barry's well, we're getting Wally. We, we are. are getting Wally, and I like this that they're 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 they because the comics in the pre fifty two never had the chance to go into this African American Wally. What they're probably going to do now on Flash will probably end up becoming canon, just like Diggle did on the other side. But anyways, to get to your point on your stipulation, because you got a fresh out of college, Barry. Um, I think it also has to do with the whole time travel thing and altering the timeline here. Because remember. Reverse Flash or Aerobar Thon said when he killed Harrison Wells, uh, what is it, in uh, 10 years from now or in five years from now? It, it was like this year 10 or 15. He said, no, it was said in 2020, you build, or whatever whatever year you say, he said you built the particle accelerator and it goes on, it goes off without a hitch. Okay, but then you, he's like, I need to happen. I need, it I need to that happen to happen sooner. a little sooner. So he therefore jump starts. Yeah. The entire Flash process by five years. So it's no longer a 30-year-old Barry or a 35-year-old Barry, whatever you, whatever age he's supposed to be at. It is now a 25-year-old Barry because Aerobarthon completely jump-started the whole timeline. Everything is jump-started. So whatever normal things we were supposed to be, uh, Iris uh, and Barry supposed to be getting married at the age of 35 or 40, whatever they get married, they're probably going to get married sooner. Or maybe later because of this. Um, it's that whole it's that whole time travel linear. It's that whole timey, wimey, wibbly, wobbly. Yeah. And that's the whole reason why everything is starting where it is, and that's probably why your issues. I like that timey wimey reference. I see. What you're <laughs> I, I yeah, it, I, very well, very well crafted. <laughs> but I think that's I where your 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 hang. Yeah, that's where your hang up. I think is because everything has started much earlier than it should have, and the show recognizes that. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the, about that all the time, but that's a good point. I mean, we have in the first season, we have the whole thing with that that AI that was helping Wells. It's like, oh, by the way, I was designed by Barry Allen. It's like what. Uh, yeah. Side note, I love the bit where they're like, oh, can we maybe erase this from the memory? It's like, uh, and they, the, Gabriel, bring up your database structure, and it brings it up, and Cisco just laughs and says, ha ha, nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. He like, hands up, nope, not even, not even gonna try. <laughs> I, I liked it because it, instead of like doing some sort of tense hackery scene, he's just like, no, <laughs> no, I'm done. Um, no, out no. of my league. Um, I, I loved all the uh, comic book references in this last episode of Flash. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, when when Stein is talking, and he's like, imagine if they were 52 Earths. And I'm I like, was like, 52! Oh! 
And then uh, another one. When uh, Barry and Jay Garrick went to go save Patty, and they yeah. split the wall. Or they went around the, that wall they, they, or they, column they, or whatever, the, yeah. The, the, the brick column slash wall, and it recreated the the uh, Flash of Two Worlds comic image uh, yeah. where they both trying to save the girl, and Patty Spivitz laying there, and I'm just like, these people are mad geniuses right now. Like, okay, so talking about comic references, did you catch in, um, I think it was in the second episode of Arrow. I know we're yes. backtracking a little bit. When we were in the mullet flashback, um, yes. the wig the wig times, if you will. <laughs> the wig times. Um, just they're, in, they're in that Coast City bar. Yes. And you get that brief, that brief glimpse of, of, a, of a flight jacket with the name they Jordan Jordan. Because we got the name, we got the reference drop last season about something about uh, a flight, flight, fighter pilot. The fighter pilot disappearing. I'm like, so I'm like, are we, are we seriously prepping for at least the appearance of Green? They definitely want to. I think they've, if I'm not mistaken, I've heard that they've had the okay to potentially to do a Carol Ferris character, which will be a lot easier. They said, well, they won't rather than trying to do trying to get the okay to do a Hal Jordan. Now they want to do a Hal Jordan. They definitely said they that's going to take like half Jordan. the season special effects budget. But well, even if they don't do power, just to have Hal Jordan character back in normal, yeah. but he making references to doing his Green Lantern stuff, I'm okay and with. He doesn't have to be Green Lantern on screen. I'm enough of a silly geek to kind of hope we could maybe get Nathan Fillion as Hal Jordan. Oh, oh wow! Oh, that'd be fantastic. I mean, oh, man, wow. that'd be so good. Nathan Fillion, by the way, is doing a dope job as Kate Six and Destiny. Um, Destiny went through this whole change in year two where they doing um, new story content. I've talked about how I love I love Taken King. I'm not playing as much as I used to, partially because I'm prepping for Fallout. I'm playing Wasteline 2, which is an amazing game. I'm going to get into the gaming section. And I'm just like, I'm kind of phased out of playing Destiny on a daily basis. I was playing that game five hours a day since September 9th, 2015. Uh, to 2014. I've been playing that game since September 9th, five hours a day. So I'm kind of burnt out. I don't know. I mean, this crew is still going hard. Um, so I join it every now and then. But I'm enjoying my time with Wasteland and some other things. But Nathan Fillion. Oh, yeah. Destiny. They make a couple Firefly. Like, <laughs> I've got to go see a man about a ship. I died. I was like, yes! Yes! Bye! Bye! <laughs> um, real quick, backtrack to Arrow. Okay. Um, so I actually, I actually, Stephen Amell said this. The writers have said this. But do you find this weird? Because I, I was like, really? They don't know who they're gonna kill off yet. They've said they don't know who they're gonna kill off. Really? Yes. Stephen Amell himself. So that's he, that's probably he's why like, the reaction wasn't like super extreme because he didn't know who it was. He's like, I don't even know who's in the grave. And I'm like, wait, I, I think what? I, so that's why I saw something about he made some what's in the box jokes with Grant Gustin. That it, that would be what? Wow. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. Now it makes more sense. It makes more <laughs> sense now. Um, but I know talking about Nick, like uh, quick little addendum to that sidetrack about Nathan Fillion. He is in the next Halo game. Like they're using his face and his voice. Yeah, he was he's one of the Spartans. Yeah, so he was Spartans. He's Spartan locks. He's All a right, so he he's was. Totally Spartan in that. He's technically an ODST. I thought he. I thought he was a hit, uh, Spartan Four or whatever. Okay, it is. so um, he's actually Bucky, and his first. Yeah, I thought it his, was the same character. Yeah, his first debut is in um, Halo ODST. So he, he's right. A, so he is an OD, an orbital drop shock trooper, and you you play through the game. It's not you're not a Spartan. You're you have a time like you have a health bar, and you kind of have to play very different than you play Master Chief because Master Chief you run jump, you punch everything out of existence. Um, in ODST, it was very different. You had to play stealthy. It was at night. It was raining. Um, you weren't able to use 
Covenant weapons to the same effect as Master Chief was. Um, you ran. Um, you weren't Spartans. I think at this point they are Spartans, or at least they're in. They're the Oni's s- version. Well, of- I think they're because in Halo Four, like I haven't actually played through Halo Four, but if I remember like reading around it, reading about it, and watching it and such, they have a process now where they can make, make an adult a Spartan, Spartan, and they're at least close to the performance. Of yeah, and the and that's Spartan twos, which is what the Master Chief is, and the um, Spartan two that like Oni, um, Oni's trying to get away from the Spartan two brand because they did a lot of, they did a lot of dirt to get the Spartan twos to where they are. Well, it it was I mean it it was not an effective that, process just because they had so many people who went through the process and it didn't work. Yeah, I mean, and if you read into the history of Oni, um, if you want to learn more about like the history of Oni and Master Chief and like. A great segue. I mean, you've only got a couple more. I think literally a couple more weeks until Halo comes out. But check out um, Hunt the Truth. Hunt the Truth is an amazing podcast. Um, it's 10 minutes an episode. Um, it's fantastic. Like, season one is probably the best season. And like it made it even better that I found out it's um, um, Jordan Key. Or is it? Yeah, I think Jordan. Uh, Key Key is actually the one voicing one of the main characters. He does a phenomenal job. I didn't realize it's him until the start of season two. Um, but it's just really cool because it gives you a background. So like it's like a character researching Oni, and obviously, obviously them stepping in and protecting themselves. So you get this big government agency. You get a regular guy trying to fight the fight the power, fight the man, and it goes very bad for him. But you learn so much more about the universe, and it just works out. Um, it works out well for you kind of get a sense for the events happening in Halo 4 uh, sets you really setting up a lot of huge things for Halo 5 um, so that's a good way to check it out um, I think that yeah I think they are Spartans from what now I think he, about he was wearing what looked like Spartan armor and stuff but yeah I was like oh my gosh it's Nathan Fillion but anyway so looping back so let's see we've Arrow Flash um, so Gotham I'm not going to talk as much I'm going to try not to talk as much in this one so we can get to some of the other segments because I know we're running who knows how long. Um, but Gotham, Gotham is one of, is right now I'm in this mental mode of A, this show is totally crazy pants and I'm not sure if that's good or not. And then B, um, I'm basically, I want to see where it goes. I want to see where it goes. I want to see how they end it, whether it's ended naturally or unnatural, like it's canceled or whatever. I kind of hope it's not canceled. I want it. I want them to have a chance to do better, but it's just so all over the place. Even in one episode, there will be things that I'm like, "This is really good," and then there will be things that just make me like, "Oh my gosh, guys!" I just, it's, it's very much, it's made it really clear that it's its own universe. Um, I don't know. Like sometimes I love Alfred. Sometimes I don't like Alfred almost at all. Uh, Lucius Fox's character is about the only one who every time he showed up is awesome, but he's only showed up like twice for like 15 minutes piece. So that's not necessarily like, not a so good he, basis he'll, right yeah, now. that's, that's not a good basis. Um, I, I am amused that the actor who plays Gordon and the actress who plays, uh, Leslie Tompkins are having a baby in real life <laughs> together. Um, oh. I mean, that's a little bit of celebrity gossip, but it's just kind of, it, it, it's morbidly amusing to me that, Apparently, that on-screen romance became an off-screen romance. Um, but, and she she was the one who played Inara in Firefly. So, yay, Firefly reference there. Um, but, I don't know. It's, Gotham is just, it's it's just all over the board. Like, I, I'm 99% convinced that this 
Leopold or whatever his name is. I forgot the name of the guy. The guy who keeps showing up who's like kind of the very obvious head of the villain group right now. It's totally going to be Court of Owls. Like he keeps dropping all these heavy references. Oh, yeah. To they've already our, said even that uh, this this season of Yeah, they've said, they've said the season's going to have Court of Owls. And this guy keeps talking about how, you know, for 200 years we've been working for Gotham, blah, 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 blah. He, it's totally the Court of Owls. There's just no way which, it's not going to be the Court of Owls. To be honest, which is, it's which probably I'm one of the it. best stories of this recent decade so, um, written for me, I'm, for Batman. I guess the biggest thing for me is it's like all of these characters, excuse me, all these characters that they're setting up, all these villains and whatnot, other than Poison Ivy and Catwoman, all of them are a few, at least a few years older than Bruce. Which, I mean, granted, for some of them, like Penguin, that's fine. Penguin is not a super athletic character or stuff, but for he every single old, one of them. a fat old dude. Yeah. So him, him, you know, being older, that's fine. Riddler, I'm on the fence about, but okay. Riddler on the fence. Riddler, Riddler is more understandable because even in like yeah, the Batman, he, even in the Arkham, even in Arkham games, like he's you could not, see, you could see Riddler is he's he looked like he was in his forties, 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 approaching fifty. He's you can see the he's generally he, you can see you can see the hint of gray. Batman. You can see yeah. the hint of gray, even though he's trying to hide it in in the glasses. He's got um, a slight hunch. Um, even he's though always, he's, a little, he's always looking. looked a little older. Anyway, he's got some crow's feet, etc. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. Just it. I'm worried about the trend because, like, you know, they've got Victor Zaz, who's like twenty something. I'm like, how is Victor Zaz going to be a threat? Um, they've got. It looks like they're bringing Firefly in next episode, and he doesn't look like he's twelve. So I mean. He's, I mean, yeah, he has the jetpack or whatever, but he's still very much a physical threat or should be a physical threat for Batman. So it's just kind of like, I don't know. I, I'm not saying it's terrible for that, but it's just one of those kind of small things that bugs me. The bigger thing that bugs me is how Jim Gordon is, I'm like, how is he going to end up as the only cop that Bruce Wayne trusts? Because he's like totally as, he's... At the rate he's going, he's going to be as dirty as any other cop in Gotham, and then it's going to be like, okay, what's why should we trust Jim Gordon? I guess because we like Jim Gordon? Who knows? You know, because he's handsome? But, I don't know. So it, And young Bruce is a brat in ways that I'm not totally a fan of. Like, I don't know. Um... So I don't I don't know. A- again, with Gotham it's, at this point, the the show feels like it's crazy, and I'm not sure if that's good or not. It's not the kind of crazy it, that Joker is. You have to. It's one of those things you have. You kind of have to take it for what it is because it's yeah. not based on anything. So, um, and because there's no comics written for that time of when uh, Bruce was. Uh, from the time his parents were killed to the time he really, year one, there's really nothing solid and, and whole uh, written in the comic book. So you have to, uh, kind of have to take it as it is. So, but. Yeah. So, no, and like, if anyone has seen, see, this is my problem with it. Um, if anyone has seen Batman year one, I feel like that is the direction Gotham should have been going in from the very start. And I understand, like, there's that, there's a gray space. His parents there's die. Progression. The, yeah, his parents die. 
He's, world he's, travels you know, and training still, profits. It's still, yeah, it's still no, early. I mean, yeah, the, so kid, like, the kid's every, only, what, 12, I mean, 11, 12? Yeah. yeah, and that's the thing. Everyone always knows Batman from the point where he comes back from training, world traveling. I mean, everyone everyone in Gotham thinks he's in Switzerland getting a high-class education, which he kind of does, but he's also training with assassins. He's also becoming a ninja. Yeah, he's also yeah. training with assassins in the, in the Swiss house. Um, but then there's like... There's there's the quote unquote the dark ages of Batman where we just we just we don't know we don't know and the the reason I feel like and why I have my problems with it I feel like Alfred is the saving grace of that show because we see and I, I we've talked about how people have issues with Alfred being so aggressive towards Bruce and he's a uh, he's a uh, like people forget Alfred is ex SAS yeah special I, I, force I don't. It's not necessarily his interactions with Bruce, although I feel like those can be a little over the plot. Yeah. I really yeah. did not like him slapping Selena Kyle. I felt like that just... That was a little over the plot. And like but the whole, then, oh, you killed Reggie. Like, the dude stabbed you and was basically threatening Bruce. Like, I, you know, okay, yeah, you're sad about Reggie or whatever, but that just... It just felt out of nowhere and... I'm like, I'm not sure how much I like an Alfred who slaps 12-year-old girls. And the way I see it is we haven't gotten to the 60-year-old Alfred. Yeah. Oh, I'm totally fine with him being more, uh, shall we say, spunky. That's fine, because you're right. He's totally presented XSAS. I like that angle on Alfred. I'm fine with Alfred being more energetic and being a little rougher around the edges and his snark being more of like kind of the... Cock, Lauren Cockney snark and not the high class British snark. That's fine. That that's that's not the issue for me. It's just how I feel like sometimes his character is kind of up and it down. It is up and down. And, yeah. and, yeah, and I, which, that's really this whole show though. It's not just his one character. It's yeah, everything in the show is just. Really yeah, up and, and like I have like sometimes I feel like it's almost like like sometimes I'll be watching episodes and it's so gray and dark and rainy that I feel like I'm watching like an episode of like. Uh, what's it called? American Horror Story. I'm like, hey, yeah, this, yeah, yeah, this yeah. isn't yeah. like, this isn't this isn't yeah. Batman. I mean, but then again, it's they keep advertising it. Like, here's my thing: they keep advertising it as like Gotham. Like Gordon is the main character. Never once have I felt like Gordon is the main character of the show. At most, it's all a main character. Yeah, but not he's a main character, but not the main, main character. Never once have I felt like, oh yeah, Gordon's the main character. Nope, nope. If anything, the city is the main character with a bunch of revolving. Like yeah, pieces. pieces. Yeah, I mean, and it it just happens to be that Gordon is that more or less that catalyst to help you navigate those pieces. Yeah, but it's definitely about the city. I would agree. But so that so the the summary recap of that, uh, John's totally amateur and semi informed opinion about thus far the season right now of these four superhero shows is that Agents of Shield. Followed closely by Arrow, followed sort of closely by Flash, with some gap, and then Gotham. Okay. So, anyways, uh, just real quick, uh, we have a latecomer. This man decided to show up finally. We got Ace. Hey, hey, hey how you guys doing? Man, he hair <laughs> working. Hey, I mean, congrats. You guys are almost at three hours or so, so I mean, yeah, dude. We're going in today. We didn't want Keep you rocking. to miss out on being on the podcast. And I appreciate that because I've had this dream for a while. I was like, yo, I'm going to come in the podcast late and just be like, yeah, I'm here. Congratulations. Well You're cut, living the dream. I might as well cut you out. No, please don't <laughs> cut me out. I, <laughs> no, don't cut him out. That would be mean. 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, uh, anything else on anybody else's mind? I mean, we've hashed out a lot today. Oh, actually, why don't we give him? We'll give him a go at the top five games that you've ever played. Oh yeah. Oh, of course. Top five oh. games and you've ever played. To give you a little wiggle room, all of us have done at least one thing where we've given like a series. So I did like one of mine was the Batman Arkham series, not one okay. of any one of the games. I just said the whole thing. He said, like, Kingdom Hearts. So. Okay, I'm with you. <laughs> so, yeah. You, you can kind of do that. Uh, another one of his was FIFA. So, like, if there's a collection of sports games, like mm. a line that's the same thing. It's the same thing. We, we yeah. can, you know, we'll, we'll say that because we're not being held down by the man here. Okay. So we don't have to pick s- just singular games. I, never mind. Oh, never mind. Never mind. We'll talk to you later. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. okay. All right. Um... So, so it's like a descending order or a, whatever, just whatever. in random order? I just did, I didn't have a specific We didn't have a ranking. specific okay. order. Okay. Yeah. Batman one at the top and then the others are all pretty good. So, yeah, don't feel constrained by an exact order. All right, um, I'm going to have to give two series. Um, there's Kingdom Hearts, the series, love Kingdom Hearts. Um, we have the Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm okay, series, yeah. like all those games. Specifically the Ultimate Ninja Storm Storms, ones. yeah. Because like there's been, like, how many varieties Ultimate of the Ninja Yeah, but it's like, those, those, those really stick out to me after, like, Ultimate Ninja Storm 3, I believe. After that, they start sticking out to me. Okay, yeah. Um, Pokemon, just go, classic. Um, I'm slightly into Destiny, so okay. I'm going to put that on the list. And then... Skyrim. Okay. Three of us with Skyrim on our list. Oh, okay. It's probably because I haven't played Skyrim yet. Get it. At some point, it's... You need to. Like I've already said... Three people are saying it at this table right in front of you. you, Yo, like I've already said so many times, if you're disappointed by a game, grab Skyrim and mod it, and you will have... That will take away the disappointment. Skyrim is that game. Well, and I mean, Skyrim is in my areas of interest. It's in the, like, high... What we call high high fantasy. So, like, that's one of my things, high fantasy. Mm -hmm. If it's high fantasy or sci-fi or comic book... I'm at least going to be interested, so... Well, then... Do you have a PS3? I don't have a PS3. I have an Xbox 360. Okay. So, I could get Skyrim. I couldn't, like... I don't know if there's, like, a multiplayer for it that's on PS3 or something, but... No, I was saying, we have a copy on the PS3. Oh, yeah, no, sorry. Xbox 360. Oh, well... Well, uh, just it's as long games. as you get, yeah, as long as you get around to be able to, you know, to play it, because it's just it's such a good game that you, mm-hmm. I don't think anybody really should sleep on, especially if you you're in that fantasy realm and, and all that jazz. And that map is is, is very big, especially especially running. One thing that I had to learn very quickly is don't teleport, don't fast travel, don't mm. do that. You miss you miss so much extra content or so much extra little details they placed in the game right by just fast traveling i mean you're, you're just walking down and i have somebody come and give me a sword like hey hide this for me don't say a word yeah caleb actually it's happened to me before too or uh i joined the assassin uh no i did something and someone from the assassin guild tried to kill me and i was they, and then i killed him and i pulled out a note he's like uh we put out this order go kill this character Wow! Well, I'm hunting you down. <laughs> Why do you? That's actually one of the. F- that's 
There's a funny way. There's a couple ways to join the Assassin's Guild. And, like, if you ignore them the entire game, they're just going to keep sending assassins to you. And most of them are just pushovers. But it gets to a point where they start sending guys. They'll send teams after you. Like, I remember I was playing the game one time, and I was like, oh, there's a carriage, and it's broken down. Oh, help me, good sir. And you walk over, and like, this is fishy. They're <laughs> yeah. like, get in! Like, Time for all of you to die. You destroy them, and you find out somebody put a bounty on you. Um, and then you're like, you know what? Enough of this. And you you track them down and just like, oh well, we've been trying to kill you, but you keep killing assassins. So do you want to join? And then you can join it that way. I just um, want to or, say one thing: werewolves. We'll get to that in a second. We'll get to that. We'll get finish finish your assassin, and then we'll get to the werewolf. No, okay. and, I, and that's that was uh, that. I feel like what's the other way to join so people know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you kill <laughs> such a terrible. Uh, you find this. You find this orphan in. Oh yeah. yeah! Oh so, yeah! So you hear, you hear rumblings about this uh, this orphan who is like basically summoning demons. The, the, no, she's trying to summon the Dark Brotherhood, and you're like, I gotta go save this kid. He doesn't know what he's getting into. And you show up, and he thinks you're from the Dark Brotherhood. And no matter what you do, he's just like, Oh, you're finally answering my prayers. Go kill Grandma. You're like, wait, what? So you're supposed to kill this old crotchety lady who's running this oh orphanage. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah, you're supposed to kill this crotchety old lady who's running the orphanage. And so you go, and it's kind of terrible because I did it middle of the day. I My sneak was high enough to where if I sneak, I essentially disappear from the universe. I don't, I cease to exist for um, a few minutes, whatever. Headshot, boom, arrow to the head. Um, you would think the kids would freak out. No. Then they're like, yeah! yeah! It's then, so funny. The, the, the first time I did it, it's like, boom, headshot. Yay! It reminded me of this. There's a skull on Halo. It's called Grunt's Birthday Party. If you headshot a grunt, they explode in confetti and you just hear, yay! That's what oh, it reminded yeah. me of. You're like, boom, grandma, headshot, arrow to the head, just blow, blow her head out. And then this kid's just running, she's dead. She's finally dead. And then the assistant's like, what have you done? And you run out and then... Everyone tries to kill you. You escape the town, and then the Dark Brotherhood welcomes you, and that's the formal way of doing it. I'm just like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have enjoyed that. <laughs> but, but I did. You, but that, it was ridiculous but it enough. Was so good, and it, it's it's such it's they they give you that satisfaction because you walk into the orphanage trying to adopt a child, like, and like, I would have killed her not not without knowing that's how you start the quest line because I was like. You find out, hey, you can own, you can have children in the game. It's like, hey, I want to adopt a child. And you find out where the orphan is. You go in. She's like, these children are not for adoption. They're for me, and they're my workers. And they're like, we're hungry. Go to bed. I'm like, I'm going to stab you in the eye. So when I find out <laughs> I have to kill her to join the Dark Brother, I was like, yep, yep. This is a twofer. Yeah, I'm just like, oh, it's yeah. A, oh, yeah. A, I found a, 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 two, a, two, a, two, a two for one deal. Yeah, and <laughs> the funny part is, like, the game, the game mechanic is actually set up to where... Um, you can't, it is impossible for you to adopt a child from the orphanage unless you kill her. Now, you can, like, find children who are abandoned and they're just in the, on the streets, and you can adopt them that way. You're just as like... I found it. Yeah. It followed me home. Can I keep it? Yeah, it's kind of yeah. one of those things, like, if you're married, you're just going to be like... Uh, yeah, if, so you can get married in the game, whatever. So if you're married, you just come home and you're just like, Hey, so I adopted a child. And your wife's just like, what? Okay. Okay. Uh... All right, I guess I'm your mom now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's Yay. funny. There's, I mean, there's so there's so many good little things about Skyrim. Like, if you sleep eight hours a day, you get the well rested bonus. You just do extra damage. If you have a wife 
and it's bedtime and you go to bed together at the same time, you get the really well-rested bonus. <laughs> and like, uh, you got a few seconds, you just notice your character runs a little bit faster. Just a tad <laughs> faster. A little extra spring just, on the step. Just a little bit faster when they get up in the but morning. Do that classic jump heel kick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would be it's, perfect. It's funny. It's always like, it's never, and I think it's like, it's an M-rated game and there's some, exp- but it's never like, Grand Theft Auto explicit. So it's just kind of like, hey. Like a little hint. Yeah. No, it's there. Did you see what we did there? You see, you see, you see, <laughs> like a, you see what we did there? Yeah, I like that. <laughs> that's how the game is. Just, it's very tongue-in-cheek. I don't want to say tongue-in-cheek because it's not. It's very quirky and it's good and it's cool. Which is why I'm excited for Fallout 4. Um, werewolves. I know you wanted to talk about the werewolf portion of... Uh, I, I didn't even want to talk about it. I just wanted to bring it up. Werewolves. werewolves. So the werewolf character, it's cool. I didn't particularly love the storyline. I felt like the vampire... The vampires were better. The vampires were better. I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed actually, the thieves killed the most. I, yeah, the thieves I mean, Team Edward's okay, I guess. No, I'm not even... <laughs> it's not even that. It's just that... Shots <laughs> fired. It's just that, okay, so, like, van- like, vampires are alluded to in the main game, but they don't actually come into existence. Or, like, they don't come into play until the Dawnguard DLC. And you actually have a choice. You can choose to be a vampire hunter, or you can choose to be a vampire. I actually hate the aesthetics of, like, the vampire in, like, full mode. So, like, if everyone's seen Blade, there's, like, vampires in human form, and then have that quote-unquote demonic form. I actually hate the aesthetics. It's like a winged dragon with ugly face, and it's got oh, cool wow. powers, but I just hate the aesthetic of it. Um, so, if I, when I did play as vampire, I never, I never went full, like... I never did the full transformation. It was, like, it was cool because you actually started floating. You had bats that would surround you. And, like, you would use a spell, essentially, to just drain their blood directly. Um, it can only be used, like, during the nighttime. If you did end the you just get obliterated. The sun would just kill you, and you just weakened. Um, so it had, it had like, as far as, like, vampire lore, and supposedly you were high vampire as opposed to, like, because you were... Because the style is how it plays out. is like you were actually bitten and transformed by a true vampire, the king of the vampires at the time. So essentially it makes you a high vampire instead of like right. you were bitten by somebody who was somebody who was somebody. You were bitten by some schmuck and no, so you, now yeah. you have like, like you're, slightly pointy teeth. Congratulations. Yeah, no, so you're actually like you're converted by the king of the vampires himself so it makes you a pure vampire which makes you a vampire lord. So, I mean, it's your vampire lord form. I didn't like the aesthetics of it so I never like played on it but the werewolves is kind of like we're a bunch of ragtag werewolves men and we have axes and they literally all talk like Scottish men and they're all That's fantastic. Yeah, and they have it's <laughs> So if you like Scottish accents. And it's funny because their base is literally a Viking ship. It's it's next Scottish to Scottish Viking vampires. Yeah, I no, feel like there's werewolves, werewolves. werewolves. That's I'm sorry, yes. Scottish Viking werewolves. I feel like that's just wind layer upon wind layer. Yeah, it sounds like and someone it, was like literally just like funny. how can we make this? Actually, it's now that I think about it, the vampires are British. They have, they have very, except the daughter, she is, which kind of, the thing about video games, British fathers, British mother, American children. How? How? Because. How? How, was that? How, Sway? How, Sway? Elves. Elves. Just blame the elves. <laughs> yeah. No, it's funny. No, because I mean, like, the, 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 the Lord High Vampire, super proper British accent. I mean, he's drinking somebody's blood, but he's like, make sure your fork is on the right side of the table when you eat in my house. <laughs> type thing so dab the corners of your mouth yeah ex- that's yes. exactly what he, yes. he, he like you walk in and he's feeding on somebody and it was like 
sorry you had to see me so undignified. I'm like, bro, what? You just drained <laughs> this man's life for us. But no, it's funny. So I played through it a couple of times. I was a vampire a couple of times. I hunted the vampires once. But I personally had more fun hunting them down because they were they were one of the more challenging characters. Because if you didn't, if you didn't, if you weren't careful, they could infect you. Like unintentionally, I became a vampire and got kicked out of the Dawn Guard. And so that was actually one of the fun parts of the play. Oops! Now you're a vampire. Now we hate you, and we're gonna hunt you down. And the, the story just completely goes in the opposite they direction. Went, I remember you. You're like, I got infected. How do I get rid of it? You were you were struggling for a little bit yeah, to try to get yeah, cheered. And I, I almost got like fully transformed and I was so pissed, but like phew, like zero a zero zero dark thirty. Figured it out, did the quest immediately, and then like, got cured. And then I'm like, oh, you're rid of that infection. Welcome back to the brotherhood. And I'm like, man, forty five hours later. <laughs> no, so it's you really, guys couldn't have told me how to do this? Yeah, and it's 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 really I mean, I'm just my hope is that everything they've learned from F- Skyrim, they're putting into Fallout, which is why I'm excited for Fallout 4. But um, on that note, let's get to the money to blow section. Yeah, yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, so money to blow. Come in what you want, but you can't come in broke. Money! Pull up with a chopper and a telescope. Do you want to go first, John? If you've heard the money to blow section, I yeah, I know what the money to blow section is. My answer to money to blow is that it's bills. It's bills, 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 bills. Hey, what? As I said earlier, bills, bills, bills. bills. <laughs> no, it's um, yeah. So, do you ever buy anything? No comics? No. Uh, not recently. No, I did. You know, um, yeah, I'm not sure what my next purchase would be. Uh, yeah, I sorry. This is kind of a boring. No, have you seen any of the Marvel hip hop variant covers? I think I heard you talking about them. Yeah, I don't I have, know if I've I actually have, seen them. I'll, I'll show you some. I missed actually. The only like comic cover variant I've got on like my Facebook feed is the uh, new Miller Time comic variants. I'm I'm sorry uh, for maybe you guys and anybody listening. When I say Miller Time, I'm talking about a comic written by the uh, writer. Slash, I think he does some drawing. Frank Miller, who did Batman Year One, which is excellent. He did Batman: The Dark Knight Returns, which is really good and had a very excellent animated adaptation. And then at some point, he went like completely crazy and has just written some whack stuff. He he's he wrote a sequel to Batman: The Dark Knight Returns, which was just Frank bad. Miller. He made like a horrifically racist. A uh, thing called Holy Terror, and Wait, now who wrote the sequel? Frank Miller. It's oh the yeah, same that's guy. right. Oh, that's right. Frank he, Miller he, did write the. He, he's I've written all this stuff. He's just gotten way, way worse. And now they're putting this one that they're putting out is Batman: The Dark Knight Three, three or something uh, like that. The Master Race. I'm like, oh, I'm sure this is going to go great <laughs> places. This has yeah. all sorts of promise. I want to like Frank Miller, and I actually do like Frank Miller because he like, has early, a great early, writer. Frank early Frank Miller has is one of the best writers like, out there. I, I hate to put it this way, but for sure, post 9/11, or definitely as far as like using writing benchmarks, Dark Knight Strikes Again and later. Dark Knight Strikes Again. Like I've read through pretty much everything. It's just it's junk. I'm sorry. It's just, I'm not even talking the art, just the storyline. I was just, it just, uh. I'm really hoping, uh, when's the official date for uh, Dark Knight 3 um, t- to come out? 
the master race. I don't know. It's it's soon. It's been it's popping very, up on my very feed. Soon. I'm just and all of the variant covers are. It's kind of telling to me that all of the variant covers are from his first, the Dark Knight Returns. I'm like, when you, all of your variant covers are from a previous book, that tells me that you don't think your covers for this book are that great. So I don't know. I mean, unless this is somehow a rehash of the first one, and he remasters it. I, I just, I don't really have that much faith in Frank Miller's writing ability at this point. Like I said, like like Caleb said, he hit early Frank Miller, has got some really solid stuff. Um, the Daredevil series, which I'm about eight episodes into, I haven't watched everything, but like Daredevil's costume in that series, the black one, I want to say was a Frank Miller invention. Like he yeah, had a run thought, on Daredevil. I the same thing for the He world. had a run on Daredevil where I'm pretty sure he gave Daredevil that costume, whether it was like a flashback or like a just costume change era, because that's a thing in comic books. We just change costumes sometimes. Um, but yeah, uh, so that that is not on my to-buy list. Um, I guess if I had money to blow, uh, I would probably be getting in on the Battletech Kickstarter for the new uh, turn-based strategy computer game, because okay. uh, that's just one of my favorite long-term uh, franchises. It's kind of had its ups and downs as far as is this going to completely go under or not. But they've got like the guy who's the creator of the fran- original creator of the franchise in on this. Uh, the Kickstarter's at like 1.8 or more million dollars uh, funded, so it's at like 700% funded. It's everything's looking like it's going to be awesome. Um, so if I had money to burn or blow or any other word we want to insert there, that would be one area I would be doing it. But yeah, and I've, I've, unfortunately, Kickstarter is one of those things. I'm just like, I want to support this, but I just, it's kind of like online games at first. I wasn't sure about online games. Now, most of my games I buy are online. Well, digital, I, well, digital. Online. Yeah. Yeah. One thing yeah. that scares me about Kickstarter was the whole Ouya situation. I, I think that. it depends the my attitude towards it is if it's a known company, if it's a company instead of a guy, that's a good first step because there's m- more ability for legal responsibility. And then if it's a known company, like um, there's a company Reaper, they make gaming miniatures. Um, me and several friends, we do tabletop gaming a lot, and we use a lot of miniatures. And several of the guys like to paint miniatures, and they make quality stuff. You know, they already had a known product. These are Kickstarters to help them. Like, make the molds and whatnot for plastic miniatures that they produce. So it's um, a matter of fact of doing research, right? Yeah, it's you, you have to know who you're getting into. Like, <laughs> okay. is it, you know, it, can you track stuff on it? If it's a known company, if they've done other Kickstarters, that's a good, that's yeah. a good thing. And, like, my two big things are, like, there's a Metroidvania game, um, Bloodstained, which is done by the godfather of... Metroidvania games, Kigo mm-hmm. Higurashi, that one I would have no problem backing. Um, my th- my thing is the Shenmue 3 situation. They came out at place at E3, and a lot of people talked about this, so I'm probably just going over things people have heard before. If they listen to any sort of game podcast, it's been covered enormously. Shenmue 3 comes out, Sony says, hey, we're going to help these guys kick off their Kickstarter. We don't know how much money Sony already gave them. Sony's helping publish the game. So they said, hey, we're going to help these guys get the Kickstarter started. It was like, three, two, one, and do a big countdown. By the time E3 had ended, they had obliterated their goal. 
literally obliterated their goal. They they passed it by a thousand percent. Okay. Yeah. About a month ago. Uh, we need more money. What? Like, what do you need more money and it's for? And it's not like, hey, this is where the game is. This is what we're doing. This is what we want to do. We need more money. It's just like, uh, so Shenmue 3 is coming along, but we need more money. And that's all they've said. And we're just like... That's know. like setting off alarm bells. Like, I'm not yeah. even following this, and that's setting alarm bells yeah, off for but me. The, but, like, the people who are into Shenmue have, like, they've already... It was like before they even finished the "We need more money" sentence. That was already funded. They need. There was. I think they made like six million. They needed another three. They've already gotten four. Uh, yeah. So they uh, originally. So then. So they. They were like, "We need three million to the game." They got like twelve million. I was like, "Oh, we need another three million. They already got no four million. So God knows how much money's been put into this game by people just paying out of their pockets. And then we still have no clue what deals they're working with behind Sony. I assume there's going to be some sort of console exclusivity. With Kickstarter, those things are kind of fishy, especially because you don't know. It's, if there's a Sony's publishing this game, all those people why who own Xbox. Issue? Yeah, why well, do you need a Kickstarter if Sony's publishing it? It's, and that's the thing. So we no one, So it's kind of like a fishy thing. Because it's not like Sony is some small company. Yeah. Yeah, you and know? like Sony, and like they've had a lot of successes lately. Bloodborne with some forms from, from software. Huge success. Nathan Drake Collection, sweeping success. They're gonna kill it with, um, I'm blanking. Horizon looks amazing. Horizon, oh, yeah, yeah, Zero yeah. Dawn, go look it up. Just the trailers okay. look amazing. I just, I feel like as a gamer, if you're into gaming right now, this is the best place to be in gaming because we're just winning. These two companies are going head to head. The prices are going down. The games are being better made. Like we've had Phil Spencer and Shuhei Yoshida said, we are done with broken games. If you put out a broken game, we will take it off the marketplace until it's fixed. Um, so this, and this is something that's on the console marketplace. So they're saying, we're done with broken games. We're f- focusing on ex- first party exclusives. And they're, I, I feel like when they focus on first party exclusives and they don't worry about it as much as third party exclusives, we get this we get away from this nonsense where we're getting a sixty dollar game with a fifty dollar season pass. That is the most Call of Duty gets away with it because it's Call of Duty, but Star Wars Battlefront doing it is starting to really like it's really alarming. I'm going to like I'm saying this now, I'm the only season pass I'm gonna pay for after today is the Fallout one. I'm, I'm done paying for season passes. I feel like it is an affront to customers. You're, we're paying $60 for this game. We should get $60 content. And, and I, I understand, like, it's a different era. Back then when we bought games, there was an online system to, like, fix something broken. And if you're done with the game, you're done with the game. Um, whereas now we're online, we can always get content added. Right. But, and, and again, salute to CD Projekt Red for the way they handle the thing. They even came out and said, we're not interested in doing paid DLC. If we're doing an expansion pack, we'd like you to pay for it. But you don't have to. Witcher 4, base content, is 100 hours. You can spend 400 hours in that game and still not see the end. There's over 36 different endings. Not to mention the amazing Gwent side missions. There are side missions in that game that are better than some of the full games I've paid $60 for. Mm. That is what this. I, I'm, I'm, I understand, like, not everybody's CG Project, not, not everybody's Rockstar. Not everyone can afford to do things a certain way. But to make me pay $60 for a video game and then announce, along with the $50 video game, a $50 season pass. Yeah. For that same game, and you don't tell me everything that's coming in it. Not to mention, like, I was kind of upset with the, like I said, Arkham. It's like, this yeah, is what I you get, but it's not, it's not, not quality. It's not quality content. You're not putting out. You're not. $50 is a, is a 
is another. It's that's that's almost paying for a brand new game. And if you own like a, like a handheld system, that's probably that's a full game. That's another game you could buy for a handheld yeah. system. Fifty dollars is, is is a gas tank. Fifty dollars is not like sixty dollars for a game is already expensive. Yeah. Like granted, and like and if you look at the like that's inflation, why I was happy with the Nathan Drake collection. Yeah. So if, if you yeah. look at inflation and things, games are cheaper now than they've ever been comparatively. But like sixty dollars is no, you don't just sneeze at sixty dollars. But and then fifty dollars for the expansion pass. Tell me what's in it. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, give, I, as much as I enjoy Arkham Knight, I would totally agree about, like, just seeing the list. It's like most of this stuff is maps, like race maps, new skins. And if you hate the racing, then you're never going to get to play it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and especially and when most of the skins for the car are race are only, I'm like, really, guys? Come on. You know? Um, and, I mean, yeah, the little story packs are fun, but they're not... I mean, it's like they they need to be putting out like a couple of these a month, a couple of the story missions, the what are they called, Arkham episodes. They need to be putting a couple of those out each month to feel like it's getting to the point where you're it's it's worthwhile to be paying only ten dollars less than the entire game because at, I paid thirty five for my season pass or whatever it was. I mean, okay, that's a little better, but so then one a month. Still, it. I mean, the I content. Mean, I that will was say that for it, was, yeah. it was just it was laughable. I'm like, they could have done a lot more with the Barbara Gordon aspect. You know, playing as Barbara Gordon pre um, Joker. It was in. actually technically the way they advertised it. They advertised it as the Killing Joke, and I was like, you're kidding, right? That's. It's it was like it was like the game, sort of, but not quite. Yeah, exactly. aspects of it. But yet, it was also death in the family at the same time. No, well, it can't be death in the family. It's probably death of the family. Yeah, because well, well, no, well, spoiler because Jason Todd was Arkham Knight, and they right. did show him kill like that. Yeah, that's the thing. Is it's Jason like, Todd? Yeah, yeah that, I mean that's already in the main game. And so, I mean, you get some of the, like, the lines that Joker said, I guess, maybe about how I don't like Batman with Robin are in the, like, because I've played the Barbara Gordon thing, and it's like, it's a, that's actually, I thought that was a solid bit, because, like, I played through the Red, yeah, well, compared to the Red Hood one. The Red Hood one was was interesting and fun, because the mechanics were different, but but it was just like, man, that's, that's not that much. Yeah. At least the Barbara Gordon one was, like, open and you weren't you weren't locked into like three successive maps like you were at the Barbara Gordon one, um, but it's just yeah I don't know I mean the saving grace is that Arkham Knight itself is a s- superb game and has a lot of content in it. Yeah, and that's why and like I said the reason I said I'm I'm paying for and they, Bethesda have done the same thing they're like hey game is sixty bucks we understand thirty dollars season pass we don't know what's gonna be in it yet but. It's gonna be on the scale of Skyrim content. You just you just heard me speak to how much I love the Skyrim content right. as far as so with companies like Bethesda, they have a reputation of doing things well. Yeah. I said, okay. But for EA to put out Star Wars Battlefront again, yeah. it's been gone for since PS two and then they like put it out and people still and like they've said things like, Hey Couch Co op is back, but you have to have Xbox Live or PS plus. Uh, no story mode though, but you get to have co op missions. What? Oh, it has no story no mode? No story mode whatsoever. Not even like a bare bones one? Nope. There's no story Gosh. mode whatsoever. There's couch co-op missions. That's it. There's missions. Like, you do this, go to this base, defend this thing against this thing, where you fight control, like AI-controlled stormtroopers, and that's it. Ugh. So, again, like, so you're... And, like, I've, I've, I know we had a discussion about the value of content, but at some point, 
what is the return on investment for customers? And, that, and this is where I feel like um, I'm taking a personal stand against like pre-ordering and it's standing as DLC. Now there are like there's an exception to every rule. Um, I will give Assassin's Creed a shot this year, and if it's not a great game, I'm done with that series. After what happened with Unity, yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, I feel like that's a very it is valid a, stance. It's to take. a it's a it's a stretch for me to even pick up this game, but I'll pick it up. I'll give them a shot. They've they've acknowledged they messed up, and I'll pick it up. I'll play it. I'll give them a shot. I'm not buying any other DLC. Forget they have. And people are people are doing it. They're buying the gold edition, which is I think I need. We need to stop this trend in the in this tracks right now because they're like putting on sixty dollars version of the game. Now you feel like you're not getting your full value because you pay twenty more dollars, which is eighty dollars. You get the season pass included, so you get all this extra stuff. And I'm so like, now, so now I'm not. I'm, what makes me different than the guy that pays eighty dollars for his game when I pay six? It. I feel like all this other stuff. There's like the Jack the Ripper stuff. That's amazing content. It is literally robbing me of content that fits in the time period and would be excellent with the game. Oh my because gosh! Yeah. Pay, it's Jack the Ripper. It doesn't get any better. Like so, you're an assassin. You're hunting down Jack the Ripper in London in. 18th century, um, 1800 Victorian England, and you have a top hat and mutton chops. I mean, it, 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 like, why would you? Why would you deprive the your fan base of this content? You say, oh, well, this is for a true fan. No, no, just because a guy pays more money for the game doesn't make him a true fan. I feel like the I feel like honest, honest to goodness fans of this game should boycott the DLC and say, hey, we are paying for this game. We're paying sixty dollars for this game. It says. 40 hours a week I put into a job to pay $60 for this game. There's no reason I should have to pay more money to get extra content, especially characters and skins. And, like, I'm really upset about the Jack the Ripper thing. The Charles Darwin and the Charles Dickens thing, I was like, eh, fine, whatever. I don't care about that much. Probably six story missions anyway. But the Jack the Ripper thing is it set me on fire. Now they want $80 for the gold edition. It has So it's technically discounted. But then $40 for the season pass. So $49.99. So $50 for a season pass. So, oh, gosh. I feel like gamers as a community has to call of duty. Like I don't know, kids are gonna just bother yeah, their parents. Yeah, I can't say anything about call of duty. I I feel like I feel that's where it started, and since we've allowed it to progress this far, it's why it's in this situation. Mm-hmm. But I feel like people like I am taking a personal stand against pre-ordering anything. Like if it's not the reason, the reason it's kind of uh, catch twenty-two for me is I love collector's editions, as you guys know. Mm-hmm. So for me, well, those, and they give you cool things sometimes. Yeah, so. and but those things are usually limited. So I, I feel like I have to pre-order those in order to get the things that I want. And like so, like I just pre- I have, um, uh, Dragon Quest Heroes Collector's Edition coming sometime this month. It comes with a couple things, like a plush of this thing and that thing. It comes with in-game content. For me, it's for the collectibles, the real life stuff. Yeah, I'm willing the, to. I'm willing the to props. The props. The I'm whatever. To, I enjoy the lower the content, so like I enjoy like having those real life stuff, and that I can justify paying a little bit more for collector's edition content. But people who aren't getting collector's edition content, it's really all in-game stuff. So this is all stuff that you programmed, you had in mind, or at some point like during the development process, someone said, "Hey, let's do Jack the Ripper," and they're like, "Okay, yeah, that's cool." Oh, we can sell this. They take yeah. it out of the game and now they're selling it. I'm just like. Come on, guys. We're yeah. paying for these things. I'm like, I feel like if if I play the main game and it's worthwhile, I said, okay, I'll buy your next game, but I'm not paying for any DLC. I'm not paying for any DLC for any Assassin's Creed game ever again. I'm, I'm just done. Like, they don't deserve they don't deserve that after what we got with Union. Now, if it comes out, it's a perfect 10 out of 10. Um, without the DLC, 
Okay, maybe we can maybe we can have a conversation. Okay, Ubisoft, sit at the table, let's have this conversation. But like, I feel like the point we're just we're just at the point where like we're just being um, taken advantage of. Like micro, it's almost like microtransactions are creeping into paid games. Like exactly. they're already in free to play, and I mean yeah. you can go back and forth on you know good, bad. There, it's like no, we there. You're right. There does need to be a line because it's like. If I'm paying for the game, I shouldn't have to pay again for the game. Yeah, definitely. Like, they're... I mean, I think if they're not... I mean, if they're not careful, they're going to lose money because they're going to lose all their customers because everybody's going to have the attitude we have of... Like I said, I already paid for the game once. I don't want to pay for the game again. I don't want to have to pay for all these extra fiddly bits. I'm just going to go into these guys who I pay once. I've got the game. Life is awesome. I'm moving on. And this is what I've this is what I resorted to doing. Um, YouTubers, there's like maybe ten YouTubers that I subscribe to. Most of them do one thing or another very well. Um, there's one guy I listen to or watch, Chris Smooth. He usually gets the yeah. game early, and he's a he's a YouTuber. He I think he paid. already has. He already he, he's put he put pictures up. He got the game early. He's gonna put content up. Okay. So I resorted to okay, if you're gonna make people pay for this content, I refuse. I refuse to pay for it. I will play the base game. I will then go watch ads to support a YouTuber that I like. Watch the content, and then I watch it that way. Because I, I'm, if you think I'm gonna pay for this content, you're delusional. But there I will support somebody else in their efforts to put this content out. That's why I feel, that's why I like streaming and that's why I like YouTube. I think it's a good, a good place. I think gaming on YouTube is about to be in the next 10 years the biggest thing in the world. Like the International, which is a Dota competition. Dota is a MOBA, mm-hmm. um, is the biggest prize pool out of anything. The last team that won took home $6.6 million. <gasps> a piece. Not, not as a team. Uh, $6.6 million a piece. And how many people were on the team? Five. Team of five. And I'm trying to join and stuff. Yeah, I mean, but this is a whole different level of competition. Yeah. So it's it's it's. So that's what like an almost thirty five million dollar pot. Uh, and that was just the winning team. Not to talk about the one point five million dollars the second team took place. The hundred and twenty, the seven hundred thousand dollars the third place took team. Yeah, there's money in esports and it's killing. It is. I need to find out how to get in on these sports. Oh yeah, these things they're they're they're. Oh man, this it's it's wonderful. I, I, I'm ESPN is starting to broadcast a thing. I don't. Colin Coward said it. If ESPN starts makes me broadcast video games, and these nerds in their basement, I'm gonna chew myself. Fine, get out of here. We don't care. We're making money anyway. Um, <laughs> so I feel like gaming is coming to the. It's, it's to the point where it's like um, the preferred form of media um, over movies because movies you can Movies are passive entertainment where gaming is and active. Right. Yeah, you, you it's you get to you decide the fate of the character you're playing on screen or as an RPG, you assume the role of this character and you decide the fate in this escapist universe. And VR, I think, if done right, a VR and three D have kind of come in waves over the last yeah twenty fifty years. So we've had different variations. Virtua Boy, anyone? That was um, the intent. Yeah. So VR could, if done right, propel gaming into the stratosphere. Um, and that's we, probably still going to take us. It's going to take a while. So I, I feel like I'm another. They're, yeah. they're making steps, but it's just there's just so much with it that yeah, it's going to take a while. I think you're right. Once they get it to where it not only works, but is accessible for all of us to be able to do 
virtual reality outside of like going to like the mall and paying like 50 bucks for an hour or something yeah. you know once it's to that point yeah definitely I think the thing about virtual reality that's really cool like you're saying like uh, gaming it's another level of media and entertainment and everything is going to be like the next step the thing is like when it comes down to movies and all this they uh, the director is the one who chooses exactly what you look at and everything but everyone's different some people when it comes down to life they like to see the things that are like right there there are other people who are like, I'm going to pay attention to stuff in the background. And the thing with gaming, you get to choose what you do. And virtual reality, that'll make it even better because right. you can have like this person who's playing the game or whatever, looking at the story right here. Or you can have a guy who's over here doing whatever he wants to do. And that'll make like everyone can it's, do that. You it'll can make choose. it even, even easier yeah. and more fulfilling for everybody yeah. to focus on what they want yeah. to focus and, on. Yeah. If anyone has read um, Ready Player One, I feel like that's the the best... Well, not like all the like, post-apocalyptic stuff that happens, but like the best case scenario for what virtual gaming can do. It, it becomes not just a video game, but worlds where we exist and where yeah. people can... Um, people can set up online shops and so like in your game world there is a target and you go into the virtual target and you order things virtually and then you take off your VR helmet and you go to work and you come home the items you ordered in the virtual store were sent over to a server to the real target and they just delivered to your house um, so within the game world there's a video game but then there's like the lobby but the lobby is kind of like and I know we can get into trouble where people stop like that's when you really blur the line between like reality and Virtual. fantasy, um, and there's a lot of like social and like psychological issues that go along with that. But I feel like it could, and I keep saying this, if done well, right, could be very beneficial for many things. I mean, I feel like we could. Do things like take away gaming. You get virtual reality to the point where you can reconstruct the brain and you can actively follow the path of a brain from a, from inf infancy or conception all the way to um, death, and you can see how the brain grows and is affected by certain things without having to have human test subjects. You can have you can essentially program a brain and then just tell a computer, okay, so this is how the brain works, and you can introduce things like chemical testing for like brain tumors and like yeah. I feel like the applications are. Worldwide, I mean, that's why Facebook owns Oculus. Facebook bought Oculus for, I don't know how many billion dollars. And they're doing things like, hey, we're going to bring internet to um, private constricting parts of Africa, and we're going to bring virtual reality to classrooms. And so if you're this and that, and you're paraplegic, and you can't get out of your house, but you can still attend a virtual classroom. Um, so they're vast and awesome implications, and I think it has to be done right, handled well. But we are the gatekeepers to these things. If we don't say, this is this is bad, we don't want this, um, yeah. the companies who make billion dollars, millions of dollars a year, they will decide which path we go down. And we have to be the ones who say, okay, no, you guys aren't the gatekeepers. We are the gatekeepers. This is how we want things, and we want staff for it. And I have to applaud the entire game community at large for giving... Microsoft big old middle finger during their initial like uh, Xbox, Xbox One launch and they were like all oh, this DRM stuff and everyone was like ha no and then they were like the price was five hundred dollars and they said this, and there was like oh like if you, I don't know if anyone remembers that E three but there was an audible gasp yep. when they said the price and everybody was like and then so was that the same E three where PlayStation just mic dropped on the whole DRM yeah and thing? Sony mm -hmm. Sony I, they, I think they knew. There was like, cause like up up until the week, no one knew who was gonna go first, and then all of a sudden, Sonny was like, 
Microsoft can go first. We're fine. We're fine doing that. <laughs> a week before, they just like something just clicked. Like Microsoft be going first to Sony press conference. Yada 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 yada. And if and, I had been Microsoft, I would have been. I would have taken a second say. Wait. No, it was like way. Microsoft. They, I mean, I, I feel like they had some good ideas, just poor execution, poor management, and like poor messaging. And so, <laughs> so the son, the head of Sony Japan and head of Sony America, Adam Boys, ensured she to come out and just like. $100 cheaper. And then he put up this video. This is how you share games on PlayStation. And he just hands in the game and they just smile. And, and they're like, <laughs> we're done. We're done. <laughs> and then they get into some other bands. Like, oh, your PlayStation Plus is required to get free games a month and this and this. But it was just like, $100 cheaper. This is how you share games. Your move, Microsoft. And the entire month, <laughs> Microsoft was just backtracking. And at that point, when they came out, they did backtrack the entire yeah. conference. Yeah, and it, it's funny. I mean, it's like we um, we all know if anyone else like PlayStation that is, has to go down. PlayStation is killing the market right now. Like, PlayStation is ahead of the market, and as far as Xbox is concerned, by three and a half miles, it is bad. Um, Microsoft isn't doing that bad, but it's Sony's got a ginormously. Not to mention yeah. like they've already got the Japanese market. They solidify their stuff in Japan. The Chinese, the Japanese market. The Chinese market came out. They just took over the Chinese market. The European market, they own the European market. And, like, this is the first time where, like, it's been, hey, the Xbox isn't winning in its home region. The PlayStation's winning in, in North America. This is the Xbox. They literally come in. They, they came in. They came and they said, oh, we don't we don't need away games. We'll, we don't need home games. We'll give you all five home games, and we're still going to win. Um, kind of looping back to what you were saying about like the VR and you're like in your VR game and you order something in like a virtual Target and it's at your house. They that that there were like very faint shades of that at least a couple of years ago in um, World of Warcraft. I don't know if it's still a function. I remember at one point there was something where you could be playing the game and you could type a command in like the chat and it would let you order like this is simplistic but it would let you order a pizza mm-hmm. I don't remember if it was Domino's or Pizza Hut or whatever but you, you didn't have to leave your game to order a pizza I mean it's not the same but it's like clearly somebody was thinking along the same lines I mean you can already just with or internet ordering in general you can get essentially anything you want you yeah. can get groceries you know I, I used to joke about how Amazon had everything but like groceries and cars I, I'm pretty sure they Amazon groceries. has yes. groceries and cars you know, or at least groceries. Yeah, so, they I mean, have groceries now. Like, and now you can get it drone delivered. So, yeah. congratulations! We're living a step away from the Terminator movies too. Um, <laughs> uh, we probably should finish this money to blow segment. We are. Oh dang! I forgot about that. <laughs> now we're even doing that. Well, he <laughs> so Mookie over here. I got talked it. about what we shouldn't blow our money on. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I didn't even think I'd even know. Okay, so actual money to blow. Well, you see, you see, he did his, kind of, and then we we had we, that, that, we just I, I mentioned I mentioned Kickstarter and, and they went downhill. Yeah. Anyway, so went. money to blow section. I picked up two games: Dragon Age Inquisition, Give Me Their Edition, which is the base game plus all the DLC. That's how I prefer to play my games. Um, I would have played. I would have done it from the start anyway, but I was too busy playing Destiny, so I said, I enjoy the series enough. I'll wait for all the DLC to come out. Picked it up, 60 bucks. I'm fine with that. Wasteland 2. Huge surprise for me. Picked it up, 40 bucks. Um, I was like, this is going to be a game that prep me for Fallout. It's really good. Uh, it's been on PC for a while. Um, it's post-apocalyptic, um, turn-based um, 
tactical RPG. So it's really cool as soon as like you get to assemble your team. Um, the game either starts with, your, with the base team or you can construct your team from the start. And then there's like character archetypes in the world and you can pick them up or decide not to pick them up. And it's a, it's a permanent death system. So if a character dies, they're dead. And the funny part is, I noticed this, they actually save. As soon as a character dies, they save. So you can't go back and reload your previous saves. So if you try to quick, if you try to quick load, you're gonna quick load to the point where your character already died. Um, and it's cool because there's like radiation out in the world, and there's 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 enemies you have to deal with, and there's like attitudes. Well, sometimes people in your own team won't clash, and like there's this mechanic if you don't have a leader, or there's like it's a skill, it's a leader skill. If you don't have a leader on your team, some of the people who you picked up from the, who do you, like some of the other characters in the world that you pick up and just say, hey. Can I ride with you? Help me out. He may be a shotgun specialist, but his loyalty only is like 30%. Sometimes you're like, all right, it's time to do his move. Before you even decide what to do, he runs off, uses action points, and just shoots a shotgun and gets friendly fire damage. You're like, what are you doing? So you have to be careful of managing resources. I ran into this problem where I was like, I had two guys who were using assault rifles, and so I was running, I was burning through assault rifle ammo, and I was like, oh, I need to change your skills quickly. So that's been a good one. Yeah, I have a good question about the game. So what was up with those cows? Uh, so there's this guy. She's just, just character. She's a shamanist. There's an actual animal whisperer skill. So <laughs> I didn't realize this until like okay. 30 minutes and a half. And I was like, hey, you can have cows follow you. No, she actually gets like stat boosts. Yeah, <laughs> for like having yeah, and there's actually as an achievement for having three goats follow you. But I know I, I was sitting there watching One Piece and I just turned over and like I'm. Cows were following you forever. And yeah, like, so okay. I've not, now I've got to go find three goats to keep away to protect it because now she gets this, like, eye skill to where she never misses a single... She's a sniper. And if you have three goats following you, she never misses. She has a 100% hit rate. I'm just like, I need to find goats immediately. <laughs> where are these goats? I need these goats. Um, but other than that, I didn't pick up my um, the rest of the Marvel go- co- ver- Marvel hip-hop variant covers that came out Wednesday. I'm going to try and pick them up tomorrow. Or wait until next Wednesday to see if Will still has them. I'm probably going to go up there, see if they have them, so I can pick them up. And then pick up this week's hip-hop variant covers. I'm going to pick up all the hip-hop variant covers, and then I'm going to go back and make like a $300 purchase and pick up the rest of my queue. Because it's been like three months now, so. <clears throat> that was my money to blow section. Like I said earlier, I'm kind of chilling until Fallout comes out. Yeah. All right, me, my money to blow section this week, it goes to... Uh, one of my friends, I have to buy her some shades, so I bought her some shades. You mean I the w- shades you stole from Dominic's girlfriend? Yeah. Yeah, we know about you. No, I we know about you. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I had to buy her some shades. Um, then I bought some stuff for YouTube, and next time I get some money, I'm going to have to buy my tickets for NakaCon. You still haven't done that? No, I haven't. I'm so excited for not for NakaCon. Which, by the way, we may have to like on like a Saturday night, like late late Saturday night after like everything's done, maybe do a recording on just how we feel about the week of it. Let's talk about we can talk about that down the road. Anyways, I'm excited for NakaCon. Uh, so for me, for me, let's see. What did I do? Um, Nathan Drake, uh, the Uncharted Nathan Drake collection. I did. I did buy. Well. Uh, yeah, last week. So I've been actually spending my time playing that since I bought it. Um, I don't think I've really blown on anything else. Just trying to save for a car now. Gotta, gotta make that money and save for this car. I, I need it bad. 
bad, bad. So uh, at this point, I'm just kind of saving money. And then until I'm traveling again, I'm saving money for a couple trips coming up in December and January. So um, I don't really have much on my money to blow this week. That's it. Just just the games or uh, the game that has games in it. Yeah. Anyways. So Six one way, half a dozen the other. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh not not too much of that. Um I think at this point it's 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 time for the wrap up. Um this was definitely a very great episode. A very, very enjoyable episode. I did man, we just everybody's gonna have a lot to listen to. Lots well, to listen to. I John, came in we, toward the end, and I can tell already. There's a lot of stuff. That oh, there was a lot of on. stuff, John. We we thank you for coming in. Yeah, hey, I was. It. I had a bunch of fun. I was kind of looking forward to. Not gonna lie. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll definitely have to have you on again for sure. Um, and we'll we'll set we'll set a later date for the, for future um, to have you on because obviously we just had a lot to talk about and we're at the point where we probably should stop because we'll be here for hours which we've we, already we been to, here for we hours. need to let our adoring fans have a break when they're listening to the podcast <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh so with that um we just want to let everybody know that we do have a Facebook page and a Facebook group. The Facebook page is Even More About Nothing. Uh, the group is Even More About Nothing Podcast. It's a place, a forum where you can post anything that you want, um, chat with everybody else who's a part of the group, or listen to the podcast as well. Give us your thoughts, what you like, what you want to hear, things that you enjoy. Uh, it's also a place where you guys can ask questions um, about us. If you want to learn anything about maybe just about the podcast itself or us individually, just go ahead and post those questions um, there. With that being said, uh, I'm Rafiki. You can follow me on Instagram uh, at Black Rafiki, on Twitter at Black Rafiki30, and also the same on, on Snapchat. Uh, Ace? All right, uh, I'm Ace. You can follow me on Snapchat, Instagram at Demiris07 or Demiris15. Um, you can get me on YouTube at Demiris07. Jamars fifteen or Ace Oliver, and I'm Mookie. Um, I'm on almost everything as Mookie eight thirty three. Sony, let us change our names because this fraudulent Mookie's out here running with my <laughs> with my gamer tag, and I need it. I need you to change your gamer tag immediately. So Shuhei, I know you listen to Greg and Colin more, but you need to start listening to me. Change our names. Let us change our names, PlayStation. Uh, <laughs> and get off that soapbox. But um, yeah, I'm on Mookie eight thirty three is everything. Um, find me, add me. If you're looking to play for me on Xbox Live, Mookie eight thirty three. Yeah. PSN is the real Mookie eight thirty three. Add me. I'm not if I'm not doing anything, willing to play I games. I forgot you. that. Yeah. I'm also I'm also on PlayStation as Black Rafiki. Um, find me on Twitch as Black Rafiki as well. So uh, PlayStation as Ace Oliver. Xbox Live. It's been a minute, but Permeos Playboy. Same on Xbox. I keep. The, I have the same name on Xbox. I need to like Xbox. Uh, and I'm John. I'm on the internet. <laughs> Find me. <laughs> we'll see what happens. So, yeah. So if you have any questions or have any comments, email us at um, what's even, yeah, even more even more about nothing at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, follow us on uh, our podcast on uh, iTunes. Um, and also on SoundCloud if you if you don't have uh, Apple products and not on iTunes. So uh, SoundCloud or iTunes, we are, we are there. You can find us. Uh, one other thing. Um, I actually want uh, can I still do that thing? I want to put uh, our podcast on YouTube. 
Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. All right, so um, actually, we even have our YouTube channel already. Oh, uh, set up. All right, so yeah, you can get us on YouTube as well. We'll post clips and certain subjects and everything yeah. on YouTube at even more about nothing. They were working on getting some sort of like either dash cams or just recording the sessions and then like uh, for an episode <laughs> like this where it's three, <laughs> so where it's three hours long, we can break it into segments and break it into like maybe like. 20 minute, 35, yeah, 40 yeah, minute. And then it'll be under a playlist called When John's Here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, things like that. Um, oh, we're also, we've sure. talked about it, we've talked about, you know, game clips and content. We're working on it, it's coming. Uh, life is crazy, as most adults know. You know, you try to do one thing and seven, five other things pop up. So yeah. we're working on it. I um, hear that. Yeah, <laughs> we're working on it. We'll do our best to, you know, get whatever kind of content up we can. Um, we'll try some things. If they work, cool. If they don't, you know, try and try again. Um, but yeah. The man isn't keeping us down, so we'll do what we want. <laughs> very nice, very nice. <laughs> All right, man, that's been fun. Catch you guys later. All right, deuces. See you. Bye. <laughs>